And we're recording. Oi, oi, oi. Welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn. I'm your host, Finn. I did that right. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. So <laughs> I want to introduce you all to Hell Week. Um, Hell Week is going to be, imagine being initiated into a frat and all the bullshit that comes with it. This is a very fast, condensed version of being initiated into the fraternity of Finn. Am I starting a cult? Not yet. But you will feel like you've done some cult-like things along the way this week. <laughs> I want you to prepare yourself. Maybe smoke a blunt if it's legal where you are. Uh, drink a beer if it's legal where you are. Because um, some of y'all be living in dry counties in the United States of America, and I feel very sorry for you. Anyway. I'm the host with the most, the least, and is this yeast in this beer? No, it ain't yeast. It's not even a beer. Um, I wanted to rhyme. I'm high. <laughs> oh, judge me. So today I am introducing you to the first, I guess, students coming in to be initiated for Hell Week. And uh it's going to be a smorgasbord of your favorites coming along this week. Today, it's going to be my favorite, favorite, favorite hotel. Well, one of my favorite hotels, because you've got competition. <laughs> one of my favorite hotels, Supper, is up in the building. I'm not even a hotel, though. Like, I'm anti-hotel. I just want a lot of black shit. You are a hotel. I'm a hoe. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. And then my, and then one of my favorite menaces. Um, you know you're a fucking menace. You're a fucking menace. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. I love you. I adore you. Hi, Marlena. Oh, I'm Marlena today. <laughs> Listen, you gotta take it when you can. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was gonna be introduced as Madge the Vag, the the menace. Mad with the, the, the menace, menace with the bad or badge. The, men, the menacing Madge the badge. Or Madge with the menacing badge. Ooh, Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. There like it is. One. Madge the menacing the mad the menace with the bad badge. Or mad the menacing Madge. Madge with the menacing badge. Madge with the menacing badge. Yeah, that sounds right. That's- mad Madge with the menacing badge. Mad Madge. <laughs> Feel your souls and birth them into black people. So, <laughs> all right. So, wait. What if I I did? What if? What if I sacrificed myself and have oh sex with the white men, and then stole their souls through my vagina, and and got impregnated, and then did a uh, rinse cycle? And turn them into black people, but like good black people. Oh my this God. sounds That'd like an episode crazy. of um, Black Mirror. Stop me, stop me if you've heard this, but this sounds sounds like an episode of Lovecraft Country. Stop, just the reverse. Stop, just in the reverse. Remember when she was like turning into a white woman? Oh it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it kind of does remind me of that, but like I'm just thinking of like Black Mirror or some dystopian um some dystopian fan fiction that's probably been mm-hmm. written by some weirdo. Like 
you know, listen, I'm gonna be real. Those white nerds, those white nerds who be writing fan fiction be writing some very hardcore woke shit. Or we get stuff like a Stephanie Myers. And it's like I at first you're like, is this fetishization? But then you're like, nah, y'all might actually be woke. Like, y'all not fetishizing us. This is interesting. Y'all are treating us like we're normal human beings and writing us in ways that you're like, oh, maybe we are the bad people. And maybe the black folk are the ones who are trying to educate us and why we're being bad and we're singling them out for trying to teach us instead of learning from them. But okay, and the on the flip of that, right? The fact that it's fantasy fan fiction leads me to believe that it's kind of a little bit of a mockery because this is the world we could have if y'all would just listen to us once so we don't have to repeat ourselves twice. And oh. you're basically saying like, look at this fantasy that you guys conjured up and let me show you how it doesn't work. Because there's oh. always something within fan fiction that says this world that they've created does not work the way it should. You well, know what I mean? Sometimes it's, I don't think it's the world not working. It's just this is the world that doesn't exist as it should. Um, it, I guess it also depends on the author or the artist. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. every single one of them, I mean, like, let's be honest, every single writer is different to to their own extent and to their own detriment. So, they, so like, it's the messaging behind the meaning. Because don't forget, as a bitch who once wrote the grassy fan fiction, which I will never be able to find, I understand intent, and I understand the actual messaging behind that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This episode, most of my life had been brought to you by me and my love for Degrassi. Most of my life. <laughs> I don't think I've ever written fan fiction. I think that I've pulled energy from things that I've read, but I've never gone as far as writing fan fiction about it. I think I've written fan fiction about my own life. Your own personal fan fiction that you could look back like I've written stuff like I've I've written I've read up okay guys so I've written I've written things that like are imitates life per se mm-hmm. and then when I look back and read it I'm like wait you know how you read something like what was I going through and then you see that that key word and you're like oh I don't know what the fuck this was so you, like you know what's crazy is um I'm currently working on a reading uh, a writing project right. Mm-hmm. And I've sent you guys a few pages of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends, I, I let her see it, and she asked me, she was like, is this your life? Is this is this your life? And I was like, baby, no. And she was like, it seems very familiar. I'm like, no. Number one, it's a dramatization of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and number two, look for a certain word in each chapter, because there's probably a reason why I wrote it like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so before we get any more meta with our art, I did want to let you guys know why I'm canceled. And it all goes in, it all stems from one thing. So, you know, like, Aaron Seppa, we we talked about this in the pre-show. You know how there's the difference Mm -hmm. between, living in New York, you know the difference between fall and autumn. Right. Okay, I understand that the British in them, they love to call it autumn because it's named after some random ass nigga. Mm -hmm. But then, or because it's, the harvesting season, whatever. And then we as Americans say fall because leaves fall. Fall on the floor. They fall on the floor. Yeah. But makes sense. There is a difference between autumn and fall. And that big difference between autumn and fall is number one, weather. Mm -hmm. Because 
A warm 60 feels like autumn. A cold 60 is fall. I'll, I'll disagree. I think that a warm 60 feels like fall. I feel like fall is more of like second spring. See, I see that as autumn. I see autumn as second spring because it sounds more beautiful. It sounds more whimsical. It sounds more all up in the air, you know, leaves and they're funneling around you and you start quitting mm-hmm. and looking all gay and shit. And then autumn and then fall is when it's dreary, there's a lot more rain, it's a lot colder. Like that's fall to me. Fall is the later half of autumn, you know, of the season. At least for me. I've always looked at it the other way around because the leaves, when the leaves start falling, that's like September, October-ish. And then it starts getting real cold in like the end of October, November. And then December 21st is technically the first official day of winter. So that's where autumn from uh, like the first week of November, last week of October to the uh, 21st of December. That's autumn to me. No, and that makes sense. Wait, so do you guys, so do you, I mean, basically, we're seeing the same thing, but just calling mm-hmm. it, we're just yeah. reversing the name. Right. But do you have a, a, a fall, autumn playlist? So, okay. So, <laughs> hey, my name's Safra, and I have seasonal depression. So, <laughs> my autumn playlist, like my weather-related playlist, um, especially when it's, like, getting towards, like, being cold and just, like, gross, mm-hmm. um, I'm a sweatsuit girl now, so I like for my autumn playlist to be, like, very upbeat. Because it's like, Mitch, the weather is kicking our ass. Let's shake it a little bit. So, um, right now, if I can say on my autumn playlist, there's a lot of Flo Millie. There's a lot of old Britney. Um, I'm a Britney stan, so there's a lot of Britney. Flo Millie. Um, there's a... Well... I don't want to say a lot of Megan, but the old playlist had a lot of Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's some 21 Savage because why not? Um, he, I mean, I, you know what? I'll admit that I listen to 21 Savage. I have a harder time admitting that I like at least one Kodak song. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this man is just. The things that he says is just so fucked up. And then I'd be like, you you switch like a puss little bitch. Like I'll be ready to jam. But um there's a lot of oh Willow is on my uh my autumn playlist. Did you hear the new album? She's on my autumn playlist. Um I don't know if you've had you've heard Willow. Uh, oh my yeah. her new album is really good. Willow song is uh Meet Me at Our Spot. Okay, so if you like that song, if you like that song, I like I'm a Willow stand, but uh, there's a song on the new album called No Control. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Song, it is good. And Coping Mechanism on the new album. Yeah. But on, um, she has a, oh, the first, the album, the first, this is the picture I'm going to show you guys. Yeah. But that album is so good. I, I I truly love one song that I did love by her, and I will always listen to it. Is Transparent Soul? Like mm-hmm. it can come on, and I'm just like, Oop. but wait. So, Mylena, do you have a an autumn playlist? I don't use playlists. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You're weird. So, <laughs> the main reason I am canceled isn't because it's part of my, um, my autumn playlist. So, one thing is, one thing about me is I love a good playlist. I'll make a playlist for anything. It might not even be a full playlist. It might just be a cue for that day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But one of the, like, the main thing that's been going on to my autumn playlist is I realized that there's a lot of like, there's this weird line and I don't know. It's like there's, there's a lot of British pop or a lot of like overseas pop or across the across the pond. And then there's a lot of like, well, not a lot, but a weird. Wait, like who? Like who you have on there from the across the pop? So the first problem, the first one is that's problematic is Billy Piper. Like (laughs) Billy Piper. I love Billy Piper, but like some of her music was problematic. And then we have like James Blunt, Oasis, Ollie Murs. I love me some Ollie. And then I would listen to a shit ton of Ollie last night and Little Mix. And then one. Uh-huh, that, I love Little Mix. I like a Little Mix before when they were four. So I haven't experimented when they were three yet. So I'm not really ready for uh, it. Don't bother. Their, their, their album. Don't bother. Okay. That's good to know. But then. They, they did a lot better when they had the, when they had the one girl pretend to be black. Yep. I know it sounds problematic, but it just added just a little it added that greatness. That, that, <laughs> that appropriation added a foundation. Yep. You know what I mean? And then one of the other artists, is, the band that I've been listening to is um, Scouting for Girls, which led me on a whole like Michaela Strachan thing, because Michaela Strachan did a song dedicated to her in one of their albums, right? And she was like, she was like the equivalent of a VJ. You know, like MTV had their VJs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you don't know what a VJ is, think uh, Elvira, but instead of horror shows, it's music videos. So think of like Carson Daly. I was going to say Carson Daly, Jenny McCartney. Um, right. Lala was a DJ and a VJ. Right. And here's one that you might never even thought of because it took me a minute to realize. Motherfucking Vanessa Lache. Hell oh, yeah. I didn't... I, Vanessa Lache, you know, obviously... No, I know who she is. Like, like yeah. I, did, I didn't know she was an MTV VJ. So, like, that let me down that. Yeah. But the a main reason that I am canceling myself for this playlist is because on there... There's also some American pop artists. We got the, we got the Willow. We've got mm-hmm. the um we we've got Matt Kearney. But I not everybody realize. knows Matt Kearney. Don't even worry about that. It's it's a very unique niche thing. It, it fall, listening to Matt Kearney is like a gateway into like going down John Mayer and Jason Mraz alley. You know what I mean? Okay, mm. let me stop you right there. Jason Mraz is an icon. An icon, Mr. My a- mother, a- my mother loves Ball that Baldetta loves that <laughs> man, and she loves that man to no bounds. Like she, she was excited to tell me that he had a new baby on the way, and I'm just like, what? She loves that man. She loves him. There's something about the fedora wearing white man who sings with a ukulele or a guitar, bass guitar that it's goes a long so- way. He's so like, but it goes. Let me tell you something. I could be twerking to juveniles back that ass up, and someone's ringtone could play 
that song he has with Kobe Calais, and I will stop in my tracks and sing it word for word. Exactly. And it, it's like it's such a good song. Oh, like, disgusting. And, and instead of me going down the alley of Mr. AZ, mm-hmm. I did something stupid. It's going to get me canceled. I put down, I put in that queue from yesterday, Aaron Carter's first album. And the entire... With candy on it? People jump around and got to go get it? The one with candy. The one with How I Beat Shaq. Oh, God. The one with the problematic cover of Ico Ico. Because that song is so problematic when it's sang by a, non, by a non-POC. It is so problematic. He's like the original kids pop kid. He really is. I don't like to subscribe to like white people's bullshit. But when his family was going through it, on national television, a part of me was like, "Damn, like you felt that's bad messed up." Yeah, I did. I felt bad because I was like, "Aaron Carter has such a promising career. Doing what? I'm not sure, but he had a promising career." And it was just like they tried to Jamie Lynn Spears him a little bit they in a did, sense of but, like. But here's the thing: the difference between him and Jamie Lynn, and we have to also really remember is that number one. It's the whole boy versus girl thing, politician mm-hmm. or politics of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That's number one. So so being able to use him in Hollywood, and I will say the word use, mm-hmm. made it easier, right? Because mm-hmm. don't forget, he has a twin sister. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. He has a twin sister. And his twin, and his twin sister, she never really rode the fame like he did, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons behind that was because she was a girl. And there were so many other girls like her already on the scene mm-hmm. that, like, it didn't make sense to have her be on the scene when we already had a Britney, a Christina, a Jamie Lynn, or whatever, whoever was on the scene during that height of Aaron fame. You had a, one thing from that <laughs> album that he had that triggered a memory, a core memory in my brain, was he had a song called My Internet Girl. Now, remember, this was during a time when we were telling people, don't get on the internet and meet strangers. Mm-hmm. He had a whole song about having a girlfriend over the internet. That was concerning. But that whole album launched his career to the point where it, if it weren't for that album and the fact that he was related to Nick and mm-hmm. the fact that, like, you know, he was who he was, he would have never dated Hillary Duff. So, oh, okay. So that's, there's also one thing you have to keep in mind too, and I hate to say it because it makes it, but I'm going to say it's very harsh. The other thing that made his career, what the other hindrance that was the detriment to his career is, yeah, the girl versus boy thing, but also Jamie Lynn had a career, a successful career, because she was being groomed by an executive from Nickelodeon. So, so of course, if she's being groomed, she's going to have a great career. The difference between the Nickelodeon girls and the Disney girls is the Disney girls did drugs. The Nickelodeon girls were preyed on by, like, right. Ben Schneider. Like, right. so it's, and, and, it's completely different. And here's what's really fucked up is we look at the Disney girls, we look at the... Because Disney didn't just... The one thing that they both had, and I will, mm-hmm. and I, in a sense, to say is that both of them had... Oh, I hear I hear my niece barking at somebody. Is that her shadow? But <laughs> but the, one of the things that they both had was eating disorders. They both had eating disorders about. Okay? Let me tell you. 
the only successful child actor from both Nickelodeon and Disney was Kiki Palmer. She got bagged from both places and her mom did not play that bullshit. Granted, she's come forward and said that she was a, uh, um, she was a victim of SA, but it didn't happen on set. Like it, it was SA from like a family member, which doesn't make it any better. But a lot of the girls at Nickelodeon were being essayed in their, in their, uh, dressing rooms and on set like, oh see Sinclair is reacting to SA yeah. <laughs> sorry like, we Sinclair don't we don't fuck with that she said we don't do that but no you're not wrong and, and but it also does say something to the idea of you so we look at like because Aaron was in the fan was in the was in the camp of mm-hmm. uh, what the boy bands and the pop stars. So, right. so it was even weirder because it wasn't a Disney Nickelodeon thing. It was okay. a we are part of the pop world. And the pop world had way more, and I hate to say it, way more essay. It had way more. Yeah. Um, and it had way more grooming because don't forget the same guy whose name I forget and I don't even want to hear. Mm-hmm. The same guy who managed Nick's and all of the, the Backstreet Boys also managed Didn't Sing, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that stuff. He, it, and it's been known that he heavily sexually assaulted. I know exactly who you're talking about. You're talking about that fat white guy from making the band the first season. From fucking Queens. The guy that made the, the season with Old Town. Right. He from right. fucking Queens. Like, it's a whole different, it's a whole different level. You know what I'm saying? And he so, kind of looks like a white Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> so it is that thing of like, you know, the 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 where of what his career of the where of where his career landed mm-hmm. is not surprising, but it's also like very sad, you know? Right. And but again, it the reason I'm canceled is because like I listen to Ico Ico. I could have listened to his newer shit, but no, I listen to Ico Ico. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I listen to my grandma saw your grandma sitting by a fire. Like I, my grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set, I'm gonna your, set flag your soul on fire. fire. Like how am I going? Why am I setting your flag on fire? What is this? The Confederacy? Like what is happening? See, we know two different actual white folks because I've always said set your soul on fire. Oh, bitch, that's some scary. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Mm. Okay. 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 <laughs> Marlena, do you have any questions, comments, and or concerns? Uh, no, I have no comments, questions, concerns about why you're canceling yourself, no. <laughs> but, um, so, one thing is, I did also want to talk One about thing about, about me is that when I was 10, Let me tell you I... something. I considered <laughs> doing one of those this week. And I was like, what story would I tell? Because the one thing about me is when I was 19. <laughs> we all know the rest of that story. Like, I, like. Next thing you know, everybody going to be like, so we got to have a talk? Then you got to do like, an apology toy for like four years. Like, for real. Like, there would be like stuff that I never knew. And I'm like, sucks to be you because everybody else does. Like. <laughs> okay. So. Today we're going to be discussing a few things. Um, we came in here to discuss some politics, some dating shit, some fucking shit. Some, we're not fucking shit, though. 
<laughs> we're not at that level. No, the, the, those are for the girls in a different part of Manhattan that I will not go to. You know what I'm saying? The girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, just can't. And I refuse to. I refuse mm-hmm. to. <laughs> I'm, one, I'm not the girl that don't. I'm the girl that refuses. Okay? <laughs> but one thing I did want to talk to you, and Marlena did have um, some questions earlier. So the whole Christian Walker video thing, mm-hmm. is, it's exhausting. Right, and it's not that it's Christian Walker being exhausting because, like, he'd been exhausting for a while, right? He's a spoiled child, he knows that, like, we know him as exhausting. Does he know he's exhausting? No, I don't know, I don't think he does. But the main thing out of that is we can't even just look at Christian Walker in that video that you guys saw about him talking about his father and then him attacking the left and the right. How are you mm-hmm. going to attack both sides? Okay. Don't attack both sides when your ass cannot afford to be politically homeless right now. Mm-hmm. We are in a world that like, if you are, if you are currently politically homeless, that means you have a lux- the luxury of being able to be politically homeless. Let's think about it this way. Number one, you're black. As a black person, your entire existence, as a black person born in the United States, raised in the United States, living in the United States, you are living a political existence. Mm. Every day when you walk out in the street, they're not going to worry about whether or not, they, they, don't, they don't see who you're related to. They don't see your education. They don't even see that you're wearing the, the finest labels first. They're going to see that you are a nigger. Okay? The best quote I ever heard and ever learned. Black man born to black woman down to see black days. Okay, so I'm going to be very honest because I I love that shit. But, like, I didn't know who this man was or his father because I try to avoid content that promotes sheer stupidness. Um... And foolishness. Um, and in order to do that, like when if I'm sent like some type of content like that, I just avoid it. Um, right. So I once I figured out who it was, I was just like, oh, is the creepy ass light skinned man with the light eyes that just be talking shit for no reason. Cool. So I think that a lot of his his identity is ingrained in the fact that he comes from money mm-hmm. and he's he's being loud because he knows that he has that advantage of money okay so what you're talking about right there and this is a word that didn't that is still i don't want to say it's new but it's still fairly new right Mm -hmm. and that's the word um affluent i knew you were going to say that right yeah so when you come from because you gotta remember, there was a, if we look at the guy, and I again, that's another name that I forget. I purposely forget evil people's names, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the guy who raped the black girl, right? Uh-huh. Affl- so yeah, they diagnosed him with affluenza. Affluenza, right? Is, is it stems under? Well, I didn't know that there are consequences for this. I right. didn't know that that's generally what it is. I didn't know that there were consequences for this. I didn't know the other half lived like this. And guess what? And let's be real. It's not even the other half. It's the other 97%. I didn't know the other 97% lived like this. I didn't know that they had rules, regulation, consequences, and suffering right. because of certain things, right? But it's and, not only that. It's not to cut you off, but it's not only that. 
it's it's more of the I didn't know that I would have a consequence for this. I knew those consequences apply to other people, but because I have money and a little bit of status, I didn't know that that would apply to me. That shit right there. And that's what it is. Because here's what happened. It's not even just the fact that he's already under the world of, or under the mindset of Black Influenza, right? Mm -hmm. It's also the fact that that Influenza has a strong basis, a strong foundation of anti-Blackness. Because Mm -hmm. it's not just, because you got to think about it like this. Yes, his dad was a football player, right? And his dad is like, you know, somehow very well regarded throughout Mm -hmm. uh, certain politics within Georgia. Child, he didn't keep saying, never heard of him. Unless it's like a famous, famous, famous world, top world, like, you know, major mm-hmm. uh, NFL player or NBA player or NHL player, we ain't called now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a whole thing. Like, when I lived in North Carolina, there was a famous uh, hockey player, right? Everybody who lived in Raleigh had heard of Cam Ward at some time, right? Mm-hmm. You might not even follow hockey, but you knew Cam Ward existed. You heard his mm-hmm. name somewhere and then maybe forgot about it. But, like, as a hockey fan, I knew who he was mm-hmm. coming up to New York, you know, I I noticed that there are a lot of people who don't know who Cam Ward is. Going out to California, nobody there. Motherfuckers in Toronto, the heart of the best, one of the best hockey teams in North America, right? Which is mm-hmm. debatable, right? That's still debatable. Everybody is still better than the Long Islanders. I don't give a fuck what you say. But, you know, people up in Toronto, they don't know who Cam Ward is. So it's not surprising that you don't know who Herschel Walker is. Mm-hmm. You know? But because of that, you have to think about it. We have to think about football. The time that he came up in the world in football, mm-hmm. it makes sense that his children are very, well, look at Christian. Christian's a fine example of anti-Black and influenza. Because if we look at the, that time frame, it was also around the same time frame where OJ became famous, when OJ right. was a big deal, right? And right. during those times, Black folks, Especially if you made it, if it wasn't until like the mid 2000s that if a black person made it big in the in the world of arena of sports, professional sports, that they knew they knew that they had to be as anti-black as possible in a public mm-hmm. eye mm-hmm. in order to not only keep their career, keep their fans, and make money off of them buying their merchandise, mm-hmm. but in order to save their image throughout all of that. Excuse me. Can I add also something? It's interesting. It. It's interesting that you say that because that does play a key factor in it. Because a lot of the the sports athletes from yesteryear, they once they got into a position of power, it's like, and I hate to reference this. I hate to reference Kanye, but when they got on, they leave your ass a white girl, and they use that as a status symbol. And I think that the huge problem um, with all of this is. And I think I think our generation does a better job at it to an extent, but I think that previously the previous generation felt like the more successful you were, the further you were removed from blackness. Right, and, and it's fucked up because like I want you to think about it like this: a lot of people every time I mention this, they either seem to forget or don't care. Remember when Tyler the Creator came out mm-hmm. and he said he would never date a black person? Mm-hmm. Why are y'all niggas still listening to Tyler? Uh, let me just stop you right there. Because <laughs> I listen to Tyler, the creator. And I 100% like Tyler, the creator was such a problematic thing for a very long time. I because don't hear the thing. Here's the thing. I don't mm-hmm. trust him. I don't trust him because mm-hmm. it was for so long, right? Yeah. It's the same thing as that other uh, Taylor Swift little background dancer. Like, it's the same oh, thing. Oh, okay. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things of affluenza and anti-Blackness and trading up, quote unquote, mm-hmm. really plays in, into a factor. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Because Tristan Walker, Kristen Walker, my bad, not to confuse Kristen and Tristan, those are two different people. Maybe I thought we saw my Tristan Thomas today. I was like, I got time. Because that <laughs> man is trash. But Kristen Walker, not to, not, the main part of the video, though, that video was that he was calling out his father, right? He was talking mm-hmm. about his father and all of his indiscretions and, his, and him being, and the bullshit that he'd been, you know, inflicting upon his children. Which, yes, I will say this. As someone who has had a gun pointed to their head, I can relate to Christian on that, okay? Mm -hmm. But I can't relate to you on anti-Blackness to an extent because Mm -hmm. even in my most anti-Blackness of life, and yes, I have lived a, there was a strong portion of my life, most of y'all know this, a lot of my friends have witnessed it. Mm -hmm. I was actively anti-Black in order to, number one, I wasn't raised to celebrate my Blackness. Mm -hmm. And number two, I went to predominantly white institutions. If you're a black child living in the United States, mm-hmm. there is a strong, I want to say over 90% chance you went to a PWI at some point in your life, mm-hmm. right? Even uh, with the exception of, let's be, let's, let's really say it, inner city kid. Right. I was going to say that because as an inner city kid, I grew up around my, my people. Like, right. And there still comes like, being like the, I don't want to say I was the alt kid but like I was a different kid so like instead of like people in my community in my school thinking like oh this is just a different type of and different version of a black girl they were like nah she's trying to be white like right. so and, I get what you're saying and and on top of that if you go to a PWI and you're also not waiting to celebrate your blackness there's mm-hmm. a strong chance you're gonna Hate to simulate or, or stand against blackness, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, you go to college and come back wearing a dashiki. You know, if you're lucky. <laughs> Listen, here at already canceled with Finn, we do not encourage you to go to PWI and come back with a dashiki. No, 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 no. I encourage this. You people don't. I, I will not encourage that. Because I'm gonna encourage you. You want to no, know baby. why? You want to know why? Because. If you, because it, it showed that you took the time to actively choose to immerse yourself in something that you weren't allowed to do for a long time. You know what I'm saying? You might have went off the deep. But don't do that at your PWI. Look, you might that, go and off the See, that's, 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 that's the point I was about to make. You know, mm-hmm. you might go off the deep end and come back and do some weird shit, but at least you're getting that chance. He, see, with Christian Walker... How the fuck are you in Atlanta? How the fuck are y'all in Fulton County and mm. being so anti-black? But here's the thing. We can't we can't look at Christian Walker and blame him for being himself, even though he's an adult, right? Because most of our issues stem back to something. And his issues definitely stem back to his daddy. His daddy held a gun to his head. His but I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you. We absolutely have to blame him. Because... If he was 12, I'd be like, eh, this is upbringing. He has to unlearn that. But as a big-time adult who has a platform, who has used that platform to be, to be, to be so loud and boisterous. To be the male version of Candace. And just discredit 
Right. And just discredit black people and brown people's experiences. I feel like in your big age, you have to do the work to unlearn that. And if you don't choose to do the work to unlearn that and you still want to be on your high horse, go ahead. Go ahead and do that shit. But I hope that horse flip you the fuck off. Flip you the fuck off. Sorry to Superman. Sorry to Superman. Yes, it is. It's just like mental health, right? And I feel like Mm anti-blackness as a black person is seep deep with mental health issues. You know what I mean? That's a deep-ass mental health issue. If you are a black person. That's self-hatred. That's self-hatred. That's self-hatred. Exactly. So while, yes, it is not your fault, it is your responsibility as an adult, Mm -hmm. right? It Mm -hmm. is, for him, it is definitely his father's fault. it starts from his father. It stems from his father. Yes, it is his fault. It is his responsibility to take care of it now as an adult. But his father had him fucked up. And the main reason he came out here with all the bullshit is because his daddy, who was running on an, on a uh, quote-unquote pro-life, and I hate the word pro-life and, and, and pro-choice. I hate that rhetoric because it's not really what it means. It, it doesn't spread the message. Mm-hmm. It, it, like because his father is running on a pro-life platform, but recently got caught up in a scandal where a woman, a former girlfriend of his father, who already has one of his children, one of his illegitimate children, mm-hmm. he paid for her to have an abortion back in the day. And she kept the receipt and showed it. But the thing is, most people that are pro-life actually, you know are for abortions and that's what's weird to me because they are for abortions they're just not for abortions for people who can't afford them my daughter got pregnant at 16 she's on her way to college and you know this will fuck up her life let me let her get an abortion and it's okay that she gets an abortion because i have the money to pay for it but the person in, in the city that needs to get an abortion because she's not ready to be a mom not because she has a co- like she's on a career path. She's not ready to be a parent. They shouldn't be allowed to get them because why should they be allowed to get the same services that me, an affluent white person or affluent black person, is able to provide for my child? Exactly. It has to do with accessibility and not. And that's why I, I agree with you. The term pro life is weird because whose life are you pro? Like. So- Shouldn't you be pro the mom's life? Like so pro life. Go get go get straight like a Italian icy in the summer if you need that shit. If anybody needs an abortion, I get 10 on my insurance every year. Me preface this by saying that the the what I'm about to say, I understand does not actually make sense, it's not actually true, but it is the mindset I think that some people come from which is why Mm -hmm. it is so hard sometimes for people of mixed race or anyone who's anti their own race to sometimes realize where they're wrong. But Mm -hmm. growing up for me, my mom raised me in a way, and we've had conversations, she and I have had conversations about how this was not a good idea, but, you know, she can't go Mm -hmm. back in time. She raised me in a way that she wanted me to believe in what the world could be and not what the world is because she thought if I went through the world with the focus on what the world could be, the good that it could have, Mm -hmm. that that would help to kind of create that that environment for me, right? So Mm -hmm. 
we live in a world where the color of my skin is considered a piece of shit, right? Um, worthless. People don't see me as a human being. They don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm good for anything. Like that, that's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But my mom raised me that no matter what color I am, <laughs> I'm still a human being. I'm still this and still that. I can do whatever I want to do. But she didn't instill in me that that's not how others will see me. But I still have to believe in myself for that. She just, I, had, I went through my life thinking that that's how other people saw me. Right. And so right. if things did not, if, if, if my experience didn't match up with my belief, that came across as either there's something wrong with that specific person or I'm doing something wrong. I'm not a good person. I'm, I must not be cool enough. I must not be smart enough. I must not like it left this, this gap in my ability to process my experiences that left me feeling less than, but not for the reason but not but without knowing the real reason behind it so then what happens is you have scenarios where i'm in a situation with someone and there's something going on and to the outside someone like you or fen would would immediately say that's a microaggression or that's a someone's just being racist but for Mm -hmm. me i felt like well damn i must not I must not be good enough at my job. I must, I must be lacking. I need to try harder. I need to work harder. I have to figure out what is wrong that I'm not able to make this person happy. And so all I have mm-hmm. to say, like, I think sometimes because of that, we sometimes those of us that are raised in that, in that way, it, mm-hmm. it, to the outside world, it, it can come across like anti-blackness. And I'm not saying that it's not because I think mm-hmm. what, I think sometimes we are scared to name something something because it's not what we intend, but just because that's not your intention doesn't mean that's not what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I never could see it as being like anti-Black or or like a privilege or anything like that because in my mind, I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure out how the fuck I'm supposed to fix this problem that I have, but I don't understand what I have. And I just want to bring that perspective, not saying that that's, necessarily what walker people are dealing with but i think just like from a broader perspective of like sometimes we can't see that anti-blackness perspective we can't see the privileged perspective when we're dealing with people that are part of our own race because our brains are programmed to view life differently and until Mm -hmm. that programming is broken just like homophobia like no you're not until you realize that you're doing this homophobic you're not gonna understand why it's homophobic right so i think that it's a come to jesus moment right Mm -hmm. so i think to to seth's point yes you're 12 years old you probably don't know matter know better and we can't necessarily expect you to know better because you're 12 years old, you're a product of your environment, you're not an adult, you aren't necessarily in control of the information that you can consume. But I think mm-hmm. there still also needs to be grace to people that are an adult because I didn't really start unpacking all of that until like the uh, 20, like late 2018, 2019. And mm-hmm. I'm 34. 
And so I know that I've run into people when I was 29 that probably felt the same way about me that people feel about the Herschel or the Christian walkers or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just, I didn't know better. And the reason mm-hmm. why, and even though I was reading things, I wasn't really comprehending what I was reading to be, to, to like break down that programming because we're talking about like, what's my mom taught me. My mom taught me this. Right. I love my mom. My mom's a great person. My mom would never intentionally harm someone. You know what I mean? There's that part of it where you said it's your mom raised you, right? Your mom mm-hmm. wanted you wanted to raise you in a world of what the world could be and what the world should be, right? Mm-hmm. And the reality mm-hmm. is, and I'm not saying all parents because I truly believe that there are shitty parents out there, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like most good parents who want to try, they definitely try to instill the magic of what the world could be in their children, right? And I call it magic simply because it's not real. Right, right? But, the, but the added part of that is a white person's magic <laughs> is very different from a black person's magic. It really, like, it really is. And I know, I know that like if my dad had not been in prison and he had been able to actively participate in my life, I would be a very different person than I am right now because my dad is, my dad was an activist in his community. He's, he was always like politically, he was always fighting for something. He was really a big part of his community. He was a family man. He was very pro-black. And so me being his daughter is kind of weird sometimes because I'm kind of not any of that in a sense, but I know that the reason why, and my mom's probably not ever going to listen to this, but if she does for some reason, I hope she knows that I love her. But my mama fucked me up. <laughs> oh, so you know, love your mama. She, fucked, she fucked me up, but she really didn't realize it's what she was doing. And that this we could parking lot this next part of the conversation for like a car could be a whole other podcast. But, but that is the problem when you decide to enter into an interracial relationship and have children is you have to go into that with a strong understanding of how you are going to manage educating your children in both of your cultures, both of your races, and understanding how to teach them what they need to know based on what the world sees them as. Yeah. I'm going to stop you right there because you just said the world sees you as you are, right? That's pretty much it. When you walk out the house, right? Reality is, look, I've seen a lot of interracial couples from multiple different races, from a mixture of a, you know, one one man being one color and the, and the woman being another color or any gender, right? I've seen so many different varieties. The world sees you as you are when you walk out the house, right? So... At some point, as vain as this, at the modern era of humanity is, as vain as the modern era of humanity is, we look in the mirror at least once a day, right? We look at our pictures of ourselves on our phones at least once or twice a day, once every other day, something. You have to start one at one point. You're gonna to have to wake up and look at your phone and say, "I am a nigger," even if I am. Native American, even if I am mixed with this, even if I am of that, I am still a nigger when I walk out this house. I'm not going to pass the paper bag test. 
So you have to start realizing, and here's the fucked up part. Kristen Walker, Kristen Walker, my bad, I keep fucking them up. Kristen Walker isn't the only one of Herschel Walker's children, but he's the one who's the most vocal about his anti-blackness. And that's the difference. I am no longer anti-black, <laughs> you're, but you're not vocal. You're not anti-black. You're just unlearning things, and we are aware of the things that we have to unlearn. You know what I'm saying? And there's a difference. We are purposefully aware. We have not only have people been telling us this for years. It took us. We finally accepted it. This nigga is not accepting it, and even if he is, he's not publicly doing it. So I just wanted to. Uh, piggyback over something Marie said. I think that is important to um, to say this about Marlene's thought as far as you know her mom raising her to, on, to believe that the world press pause. Is something on in your background? This man outside playing reckless music. Okay. You hear music, mind. right? I hear something. <laughs> yeah. I, it I, sounds I like help. somebody's driving by it's the reckless God. ass music this old ass man is playing. I hate this going. man. Next door. Going. I was like, anyway, song. no, it's like he's so he's a fucking asshole. Anyway, I'll get to that point in a minute. But I think it's important to note as far as how your mom raised you. Your I, I feel like your mom raised you in the in the belief system that the world was good because that's that's the only thing she knew. She knew of her end of the world. She couldn't educate you on your dad's side of, like, on your dad's experience. And honestly, I would, me as a black person, would much prefer her not to, because it's a, it would have been a secondhand conversation instead mm-hmm. of this is what I experienced. Like your dad saying, like, hey, this is what I experienced as a black person. And your mom will be like, this is what he experienced as a black and, person. And it doesn't have the same, I don't know if tenacity is the word I'm looking for, but it doesn't who, have the same effect. Yeah, no, as yeah. someone who got a lifetime of secondhand experiences, because while my great-grandmother was a black woman, a very light-skinned black woman, lighter than Marlena, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, well, my grandmother was a very light-skinned black woman. She wasn't the one who taught me to love my blackness. She probably was the number one she is the one family member who all of her children came out darker and darker and darker and she was the biggest colorist in the family right Mm. whereas my grandfather was a white italian man you know what i'm saying he taught me how to love my blackness he taught me about experiences but there were secondhand opinions and experiences right but you know but you know what i want to say this I think something that we also have to take into account and separately remember this, on top of all of the shit that we have to worry about teaching our children to help make sure that they can survive this world, we Mm -hmm. also have to navigate through that with the traumas that we have. Mm -hmm. And so I know for my mother, her her raising me, her main focus, I honestly believe this, was making sure that A, I was never sexually molested and that B, mm-hmm. I was never d- physically harmed by people because that was her experience as a child. Right. And so for her, I think that raising a black kid was like low on the priority list right. versus raising a child that never had to understand what it was like to be violated. Right. And, right, and and, and, and I'm is, not saying that to be like all like like 
like sad and whatever but like but it's I think that's something to think about so like in the term it, it, with with your grandmother then I think that I don't I don't I, you've talked about a lot of different things so but I can't remember a specific story with her but I can imagine that with all of our parents is there's definitely a priority list of things that they mm. want to make sure they don't do with their kids sometimes those things are prioritized over something that seems in the moment not a big deal but long term right that had a more negative effect on me but at the same time had my mom focused on making sure that I knew what it was like to be black in America who knows that might have meant that I might have been physically violated and then I might be still be in the same place I am right now because a trauma is a trauma, right? Right. You're not. Um, right. And I'm not You're making. Not. I'm not making excuses at all. I'm just trying to, like, the hu- humans are so fucking complicated, and this is why mm-hmm. I don't believe in um the Big Bang theory because I just don't believe that a chemical explosion made such a crazy. Okay, we're not even going to go into that today. We're not even going to go into that today. <laughs> I but, only did that just to annoy you. But I will say this. But I will say this. I truly, so it is that thing of, you know, yes, there are priorities. And it does all, it does, a lot of it stems from proximity, from what you were raised in, the trauma you go through, all of that, Mm -hmm. right? And the life that you're walking. Let's trace back to the words of the rhetoric of pro-life and pro-choice, right? Because here's what happens. Our entire lives, our entire lives, our Mm -hmm. upbringing is based in the form, it's based in one quote, manufacturing consent, right? As an American, your life is based in manufactured consent. From the inception of 1776, Black folks have been used as a political tool, right? We have been used as a political tool since before the beginning of this country, honestly, before this country even had a declaration of independence. Everything around the ideals of what we are and how we move and the concept of quote-unquote black-on-black crime is manufactured consent. They are creating ideas of what will be easier to run on politically and what will be easier to bestow upon people politically. The idea of what a black person is goes way back. A black American, not a black person in general, because guess what? Different between what a black person here is in the United States is different than what we are in Canada, while very similar, and also different than what we are to, let's say, a black person in Ireland or England or even mm-hmm. South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. There are different forms of what the black person is. And to think about it like this. Can I just interrupt you for one second? Please. I just recently found out that the indigenous people of like Australia and New Zealand are black. I was taken aback because I was like, what the fuck? You just found out about the Aboriginal. Sorry, I found that out watching um, a show on Netflix because he was like, as a black guy, and I said, a black guy, baby, you are you are Indian at best. Like, what's happening here? And then I found out that that's a thing. And I'm just like, so. Huh? So here's, so let me teach you a quick lesson because you know me, I love, when, when y'all know I love complaining about Australian racism more than any other, any other country's racism. Australian racism is like their spiders. I do not want that shit at all. So exactly. Australian racism, look, when, whenever people are like, well, you know, why don't you leave America? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
people always tell me, you know, move here, move. No, baby, I'm sticking with the racism that I know, okay? Because Australia is a prime example. When the English quote-unquote discovered, quote-unquote discovered England, it was already some bullshit behind it. But when they made it a prison colony, because it wasn't originally, you know, an actual country, it was a prison colony, baby. All right, please get that in your head, bestie. Is those they started to look at the aboriginals as they were the they were worse than the prisoners. And you remember, old school England looked at prisoners like they were trash. Mm -hmm. Right? Old school England looked at prisoners like they were the gum on the bottom of a pair of old ass chucks that they were ready to throw away. So imagine how much worse they treated the Aboriginals. There was once upon a time a, a period in Australia's history where it was open season on the Aboriginals. And they saw them mm -hmm. and they looked darker than, and here's why, and it's funny. So, in, so England used to love colonizing India, taking things from India, doing all the things, right? And mm -hmm. there was a point where India, remember, Christopher Columbus went the wrong way and then thought that he found India in the Caribbean, right? Now, the, at that point, that was the darkest that a lot of people had seen us, right? Like, had seen, like, you know, mm -hmm. people outside of Africa. But mm -hmm. when they first went to Australia, that was the first time they had saw darker people because a lot of times, a lot of them skipped Africa completely. They, they skipped Africa mm -hmm. the best that they could to go through in India, and then they found Australia, or they went the other way around, and then like, there was so many weird shit. Don't forget, Native Americans are lighter than Black folk, right? They were either mm -hmm. lighter than Black folk, or the same, or the same complexion as us, depending on how close they were to the equator. If they didn't, mm -hmm. if an explorer didn't go to the equator, then it was easy for them to think that a Native American was an Indian, because you kind of look the same. They, that's why they call them red. But to be honest, it's racism. They go to Australia, mm -hmm. they ain't never seen nobody that dark. The people who went to Australia had never seen nobody that dark. Right. So then they were like, oh, this is a whole nigga. And since then, and for years and, dec and generations and decades, they have, con they have told Aboriginals, not only are you Black, but you're worse than actual Africans. Right. So it is a difference. Oh, white people just white people. again again it stems in manufacturing consent because it allowed for them to create a mindset based on the people that they're against same thing with the pro-life and pro-choice mm. pro-life is only about honestly sustainability of a group of people mm. so whereas modern pro-life rhetoric is based around the concept of, of quote-unquote rebirthing or uh, raising the numbers and the white population of the United States because they want to protect the white race because they, they truly are advocating for the idea Exactly. That That's what it's truly about. Because they, they, they truly believe that the white identity is being erased. Mind you, there's still the majority race in this country. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's not just about that. It's also about the concept of, well... If we make it a felon, if we make it against the law, right, truly against the law, we can put these people in prison. And if we give somebody a felon, what can what is one thing a felon can do in this country? The number one thing they can do. Can't vote. Exactly. Can't vote. 
if I and if I know that these people in this area, let's be honest, most people in predominantly lower uh, lower class, the poor and the working poor, right? Those people normally vote for left wing policy. Those people normally vote for social mm -hmm. programs. Those people normally vote for politicians who seem like they care about them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it makes more sense that, hey, I'm going to lock up this person for getting an abortion, even though their life was in danger. They're like they were hemorrhaging. And because of that, they had to have that child removed from their womb. And guess what? It's not even a full child. It's a zygote. They're, that bitch ain't even no more than six weeks pregnant. Right. Because six weeks, let's put six weeks, six weeks in one day, because that's the cutoff line in a lot of these states. Right. That is a zygote. That is not even a full fledged embryo. Okay? That woman's life, and I'm going to say woman, even though I know the world is not binary, that woman's life was in danger. Because her life was in danger and her and her doctor made a choice to save her life, her and her doctor need to go to prison. And her doctor, who makes a lot of money, still needs to go to prison. And her doctor, who made a lot of money, no longer had a medical license. That woman can no longer vote for a politician who cares about her. Next thing you know, you're getting into the pattern of them fucking people up and fucking people over to the point where it makes it easier and easier and easier for them to have politicians who are against the poor and the working poor. It makes it so much easier because now it's easier for them to get more money because now they can they don't have to worry about their constituents when they're taking in donor dollars. And guess what? Right. Christian Walker's daddy is one of their politicians who is trying who is working on the side of the people who want to take away your right to an abortion only because he cares more about the money and that seat in Georgia than he does about actual people. That woman who abortion he paid for, he's lying on her and saying she was the one who fucked up, even though he wrote her a handwritten card that says, hope you feel better, and then sent it to her with a check for her for $700 for her to get an abortion. And yet we're in the wrong. Us black liberals are in the wrong for telling people that they fucked up. And I'm not even a liberal. I'm just the person who believes in progressive ideology. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. I needed that. <laughs> I needed that. It's okay. We supported it. <laughs> so, we're going to get into our meat and potatoes now. Are you saying this is the appetizer? I'm telling you that was an appetizer. That was a hearty appetizer. This is a, this is um this is family style Italian dinner tonight. That was the antipasto. Bitch, like if you've never had family style, just just come with your own doggy bag, okay? That <laughs> ass, because they'd be looking at you like, y'all taking this home? <laughs> y'all eating all of it here? Okay. All right, so today's meat and potatoes are two very important topics. And you know what's funny? Right as, we, right as we're about to get into this, one of my friends posted something on, on uh, Facebook. Because... Mm -hmm. I'm an old lady. I still use Facebook. I'm a middle-aged mom from Idaho, okay? Oh, <laughs> I know I am. But he posted, let's normalize telling people we are not interested in pursuing dating and or anything sexual without offering friendship as a consolation prize. And hmm. I get what he's saying. I understand exactly what Wait, he's saying. Wait, I say that again? I didn't understand. Say that again? 
he said, let's normalize telling people we are not interested in pursuing dating and or anything sexual without offering friendship as a consolation prize. Like, if you're not interested in somebody, just tell them, you know, I'm not interested in you instead of saying, hey, we can still be friends. Right. But. Oh, gotcha. But I'm going to say this and it's going to ruffle some feathers as I say it. That's okay to say if you're a man. Mm-hmm. No, 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 let's back up. That's, it's safe for you to say that if you're a man. There we go. That part right there. Especially if you're um, a man who quote unquote fall under the whole masculine identity and what a male and female should be and all that bullshit, all that very toxic rhetoric. Because the reality is, and let me just say, actually, let me tell you my response. I said, and I quote, I tried that, but mostly men have major issues with rejection in my experiences. They get so mad that, that I don't want them in my life that they go apeshit. Usually friendship, which usually turns into ghosting, because I will ghost the nigga. Using friendship, which usually turns into ghosting, as a soft landing for my own safety, not about them. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of men especially if you were raised to be a cisgendered man, doesn't mean cishet, just cisgendered. A lot of men are taught they are owed bodies. Mm-hmm. They are owed gratification. They are owed submission. They are owed you telling them yes to being in your life, right? And when you say no, especially as, let's, and let's not even talk about somebody who's born as a male. Mm-hmm. People who are born female are at way have way higher chances of being harmed if saying the word no. I've been thrown a bottle or two, or a rock or two. Yo, you know what I hate? I hate when like you reject the man and then suddenly you're a fat bitch, bro. I was a fat bitch when you walked over here. Go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Anytime you want, you can call me a fad. You can call me ugly. You can say whatever you want. You knew that shit before you got here. Right. You wanted to be in my life. Why? So why am I the problem here? I am in my existence. I've, um, I've rejected men and then friend zoned them. And out of out of a bunch, of, like I think a, a lot of my guy friends, I got them because I friend zoned them. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, because I'm very adamant about setting boundaries, um, it's never, they've never, like, overstepped. But in the instances where guys have tried to talk to me and I'm just, like, not interested, I know in my younger years, I used to, like, play interested just because, again, I've been, like, a bottle has been thrown, a rock has been thrown my way. So, like, you, you're in this space of, that I tell them I'm not interested and like kind of deal with the repercussions or I play along and just don't answer the phone. Exactly. Exactly. Because and- I think I, I think I um not to cut you up, I think I told y'all before, like this guy I was talking to, we were we were talking for like a good two, three weeks, and he was like, we hung out, and he was like, Oh, I want you to my girlfriend. I think I'm in love with you. And I was like, Don't you think it's kind of soon to be saying that? Like and I remember we were on the train. Not on, we were on the train platform. And he walked away. And he punched the wall. 
And then he turned around and he was coming back my way. And immediately I'm like, I got to play nice because he can throw me on a train track. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, I need to play nice right now. And like, that's the fear for a lot of women. Like, Finn, you know, like a lot of the attacks on the subway against women and uh, folks that identify as women is because of rejection. Mm-hmm. And it, it turns into like, oh, she rejected him in front of a group of people and now he he feels less than and next thing you know she's getting buck 50 and he's running off of the train <laughs> and everybody that's li- listening buck 50 is when you get sliced across like around your face yep not 360 but buck 50 so just imagine like this there's, there's mad girls my age walking around with cuts on their face right now because of that and and <laughs> people and people are so quick to say well it's, and let's be honest Women get blamed for everything. Every, mm-hmm. uh, look, I might have been born a male. I might have been born a male. And I might right now be be trying to grow out a gross-ass mustache. I look like a teenage dirtbag. I know who I am. But The hair looks great, though. The hair looks great, though. Thank you. Um, but the but I, I have seen, witnessed, and experienced a lot of major shit from the... From just even the notion, the idea, the thought of saying no to a man. So if I've experienced this shit because of my faggotry, okay? <laughs> if I experienced this shit because of my faggotry, that lets you know that being attracted to men and dealing with men are not choices. It's not. Mm-mm. Marlena, in your experiences with dating men, what exactly is like how how safe or unsafe have you felt dating them or even being approached by them um i don't like being approached by men mm-hmm. i don't especially ones i don't know like i've always told my friends like if i ever get married to a man it's probably going to be someone that i've been friends with that like one day we looked at each other and we're like hey let's date because i'm it's extremely uncomfortable the fucked up part is men will love to say well, you know, well, just don't friends on me. Just tell me the straight up truth. But if we tell you the truth, there's a chance we're going to die. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'd rather lie and friends on you than die. I'd rather, I really would. Yep. It's so fucked up and they don't get it. Like they just, it, but, it's, but it's that whole thing of respectability politics. It's the whole thing of, male versus female and blah 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 because in their mind number one the the world is still binary and number two because the world is still binary and they were taught in the form of what men should and shouldn't be whether or not they're gay or straight or somewhere in between these niggas still believe in toxic masculine rhetoric and it's fucked up Mm -hmm. but this all also goes into the concept of the of today's meat, not the potatoes, but the meat, which is pick me. That pick me energy is honest to God real and allows for men to be as abusive as they want to be to potential partners. Mm-hmm. Okay? I mean, let's be honest. The girlies are out here acting a whole ass fool. 
Okay. Separate faces, like I am ready because the, the Pikmis have exhausted me. But before we get into this, bef- as we talk about the Pikmis, I'm going to set one rule, one major boundary. <laughs> okay. We love boundaries. And it's because I hate this word and, and, and the way that it's been used a lot. We will not be referring to women as females at all during this conversation. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because you might as well just say bitch and not even in a friendly manner. Just say bitch. Just say bitch. Okay. And then have a whole conversation with Queen Latifah about why you shouldn't be saying that shit. It's so interesting because that word does not bother me as much as it bothers other people. You're a special kind of person, though. It depends on who's saying it. There's certain people when they say it, I know they're being disrespectful, but like, I never, we don't have to get into it. I just, I find it so interesting, the hatred behind that word. And the, the reason, oh, there's the myriad of reasons that people have for hating that word. Okay, so, Sapa, go ahead. Because I have a whole anthology. Here's, here's so. the thing. It's not so much that we hate the word, it's the context of the word. You never hear anybody refer to women as females when they're just having a full-fledged conversation. It's always, you females, you bitches, because they don't want to be seen as toxic and just disgusting. So instead of saying, you bitches, like they want to, I don't even fuck with females like that. I don't even fuck with bitches like that. And then there's also, I'm going to send it, it's um, a whole conversation. Um, I actually saw it on TikTok and I was actually looking into it. But there was like, a classification thing because in order to it goes back to Henrietta Lacks and how the, they um wrote the black woman's experience and instead of using the word woman it was female because anything can be female mm-hmm. not everything can be woman right mm-hmm. so they would write female to give us a to give us a lack of like identity right so, and you know, and you but know I find crazy? it. I, I just got it. And you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. Because you said that. Mm-hmm. We have to, it all stems back to your birth, okay? Before you mm-hmm. were even born, you were given X chromosomes. Mm-hmm. Okay? Everybody walking this earth, unless that they are, unless they have a different chromosome set, most mm-hmm. people were. Until recent years, we all knew of XX and XY. Mm. You know, there are different variations of chromosomes. There are a lot of people who were born intersex. That's another conversation Mm. for another day. And no, we are not calling them hermaphrodites. We call them intersex. Get that right. But Mm. the thing is, you're born with X chromosomes. So why are you hating half of your makeup? If you want to go into the binary term of XX and XY, why are you why are you hating half of your 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 makeup if you're saying the word female? That's number one. Number two, using the way female, the way you just said it, they mm-hmm. use it as a derogatory term as as an equivalency to bitch, right? Right. Now, and I hear people refer to females all the time, and I'm just like, why though? Why are you using it like that? You're just showing that you hate women. It's the same. Look. Look. Just call I, me a bitch. Just, just call, call me a bitch. bitch. Right, just call me a bitch. Look, look. 
Queen Latifah is somewhere being mad right now. Somebody calling somebody a female. I'm serious. Like, she about to bust out a whole U and ITY. Like, let's talk about it like this. You've seen a bunch of the, the Tom Brady and his wife discourse going around lately, right? Mm-hmm. So I've heard more people refer to her as a female this week than I've ever heard of anybody refer to a white woman as a female in my entire life. In my entire life, have I, have I never heard a white woman referred to as a female the way that they that these niggas have done this week? Okay? Yes. And and when I say nigga, I mean all-encompassing. That's white people too, bitch. Because mm-hmm. y'all hate women. Y'all hate women. You... Tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm crazy. Supper. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use the scenario because I'm a, I don't know if Marlena is, is strong enough for me to use her as an example. <laughs> we're flipping. We're going to flip gender identities here. We're going to do a scenario, a quick scenario. Let's mm-hmm. pretend you're mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Okay? You're one of the top. I'm known, Tom Brady. You're Tom Brady. You're okay. one of the top known male athletes in this country. Okay? Mm-hmm. You are the number one man, especially up in that New England area of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're Tom Brady, you have hella football scandal. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because you're Tom Brady, a shit ton of black people don't like you. Mm-hmm. Because you're Tom Brady, there are going to be social and personal allegations and scandals about you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then you tell your wife, you tell me. Let's pretend I'm your wife, okay? Let's be real. You would be mm-hmm. so lucky if I if I could be your wife. You would be so lucky. But you, but I'm your wife. I help you. I raise, not just help you. I raise your children because you're playing football. You're mm-hmm. playing professional football, okay? Mm-hmm. And then doing endorsements and all these extra side jobs. I'm raising the kids. I'm taking care of the house. I do, and I also have to have a career because let's be honest. I don't know about it, but like if if you married me, you would get a prenup. Right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm imagining this is just speculation, but I'm imagining they have a prenup. They don't have a prenup. Oh. She, they don't have a prenup. Can I interject? Can I interject for one second? Yeah. So the issue with the divorce, because I, you know, I don't follow the sports, but if it's something of interest, then I'll pick it up. The reason why she asked for a divorce is because the agreement was she would ride out his career with him until he retired because she gave up her career in order for him to have a career. Exactly. In a sense. Because, you know, she was a well-known model. And he was like, oh, you know, if you give, I'm going to retire by this age. If you give me these years, we raise the kids together. I don't want a nanny. You travel the world with me. We'll be fine. He's, he was supposed to retire already. So right. now you're talking about you're not retiring and I just have to deal with it. And I would no, just I don't. To that. And I, I have my own money. That. I can leave. You promised, you promised me that you would be home with me and the kid at some point, okay? In 2022, by 2022, let's give them up until January of this year, right? Or February mm-hmm. when, during the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. You said 2022, I'm retiring, I'm coming home, it's going to be me and the kids and you. That's straight up. Mm-hmm. And you tell me, nah, I'm going to still work. That was the one thing you promised that I was holding out for. Right. Do you expect me to stay with you? And here's my thing, right? Under- 
understandably, I get it. Someone who's so devoted to their career would have a hard time of letting go, right? Especially a lucrative career, the one that he has. However, sit your ass down. Haven't you had enough scandal for a I've lifetime? You deflating balls and stealing money from inner city kids that they can't get free lunch? Sit your ass down. Like, sit your ass down. Like that ass. What, we also have to keep in mind, too, like everyone's acting like this is the only reason she's leaving him. We have no idea what other things have been going on in that house that she was saying to herself, he's going to retire soon and then I can work and then things might get better. So then to find out that he's going to go back to work, we don't even know what all that triggered besides the now I can't work like I want to work thing. Mm -hmm. That could, you know, like, because maybe he's been cheating on her this entire time. That's what I was going to do, too. That's that what, he was going to be faithful. He's yeah. an athlete. He's a traveling athlete. Okay? He looks like a corn farmer, but that's neither here nor there. That's not, look, I don't know. I like me some... I like my. I like some corn-fed men. I really do. Put me in the middle of a state where they grow corn, I might come home with some story. Okay? I just really? remember Giselle from the movie Taxi with Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. He's not cute. I'm going to send you his picture. But this thing is, like, there are so many other factors that go into a divorce. Divorce isn't just one thing, right? It usually never is just one thing. But he's a traveling athlete. And being the wife or even just the partner of an athlete, right? Being the partner of an athlete, you have to do a, there's a certain um, training you must undergo. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's a certain mindset you have to have. There's a certain doctrine of rules and how you have to move and be. And on top of that, you have to do all of that while somehow managing to keep your sense of self. Because you're no longer just yourself and you're not just Tom Brady's wife. You are the wife of, of a major player in the game. You have a whole different eye set and mindset than, than the other wives in the game or a lot mm-hmm. of other wives in the game and a lot of other wives and women throughout this country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, of course, let's be honest. Let's be honest. We look at the, and, and I do mean we, as in other as as society, as an American society, we look at the celebrity and the celebrity partner differently than a lot of other countries do, mm-hmm. right? Our relationship with our celebrities are way different than a lot of other countries' celebrities with their relationship. Um, and and what we want to think about them. Like, we want to think that we are a more progressive mindset people. We understand that certain celebrities do certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And But, like, you know, that's not for us to know. That's for the other half to live, and that's their life, and we don't know them. But reality is, when something comes out, we're always, like, it's like the regular, regular folks go crazy. Right. She wants a divorce. She has it so well. She's a rich wife. But she's also always been rich like and see that's that's the thing i think that people need to understand that giselle had her own bag when she walked into this relationship mm-hmm. telling her to stay and i hate to say it like this but you can tell the basic bitches to stay you can tell the basic bitches for rural idaho who were just the prettiest girl in their town and lucked up and got with this white man who plays football you can tell them hoes to stay 
and we will 100% agree with you because they probably walked in with nothing but coochie coupons and Diet Coke. So you can tell them to stay, but you're not going to tell Giselle, who had a career, who had money, who is, quote unquote, the most beautiful woman in the world, quote unquote, because that's not my quote, that's their quote. It's not that he is, for me, that is a conversation that is not that here nor there. You know what I'm saying? Right. For you me. can tell her, you can tell her to get her shit and go if she wants to. Because guess what? She was somebody before him, she had a name before him. And that's it. <laughs> but no, here's the thing. But here's the thing, because you know what's you know how you can tell the world is changing little by little by little by little? Mm-hmm. And the best way to describe it is we're looking at her, right? And their focus is on his career, right? The, the main focus of the scandal right now is his career. Mm-hmm. You want to, we'll use another famous white couple, okay? Blake and Miranda. Who's Blake and Miranda? Blake Shelton and Miranda Lambert. Oh, I said Cosgrove in my head, but yeah. Look at how they've treated Miranda. Yeah. It was what did she do? Yeah. And like, let's be real. We all know Blake. Blake wasn't no damn boy scout. You know what I'm saying? Like, they treated Miranda like shit. There's at least, they're they're treating Giselle a little bit better. And I hate, I'm not putting this out into the universe. Ancestors, I promise you, do not make this happen. I will lose my shit. I'm letting everybody know right now, if this ever happened, it's not my fault. It was not my fault, okay? Ancestors, I beg of you. But imagine what would happen if something were to happen with Tim and Faith. Faith Hill and who? Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Oh, the United States would implode because they would not even know, number one, they wouldn't know whose side to take, but they would automatically take Tim's side because mm-hmm. he's a man. He's a white man. And that's the only reason they would take Tim's side. But then again, Faith Hill is kind of sort of like country sweetheart. She, Tim and Faith are America's king and queen. Don't ever take that away from us. Mm-hmm. We have, okay. two ki- we have two sets of royalty in this country. Mm-hmm. Beyonce and Jay-Z, mm-hmm. Tim and Faith. Okay. That is it. They rule the kingdoms together, um, and it is magical. Yeah, I guess you can say that. And this falls under pick-me energy because, let's be real, it is always the woman's fault. Wait a minute. It falls under pick-me energy and also falls underneath proximity to blackness i think here's why we all took beyonce's side we all took rihanna's side yep and we forever will and and i hate to use this person in the sense of proximity to blackness we all took kim's side kim kardashian we all took her side so is it really is it really uh you know america always takes the man's side or is it America always takes the least aggressive side? Because in a situation of Miranda Lambert and uh, Sheldon, it was one song that she had where she was saying, like, she had a gun or something. I just like her daddy taught her how to use a gun or something. I, I've heard her song once or twice before, but like, only once or twice. 
once or twice. I'm not really big. I'm, I'm trying to get into uh, what is the name? Mickey Gutton. Once or twice. You only listen to Kerosene once or twice. Is that the name of the song? Let me tell you, it's the name of the song. I know of me about some Kerosene. I have sung Kerosene directed to somebody who had been on this show. Okay. There's somebody who had been on this show that after they may or may not have dumped me in a parking lot. I heard this conversation before. I may or may not have sang kerosene at karaoke by Miranda Lambert, followed by here's defining a good man. (laughs) So see, see what I'm talking about? Like, I feel like, I think America tends to take the less aggressive side. And when I say less aggressive, I mean the person who's the least outspoken about the matter. Because, like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. Because let's be honest, Beyonce was very outspoken about the matter. Right. Rihanna is very, will be, always be very vocal about what we about that kind of shit. Right, but it wasn't. It wasn't until. And like it was long afterwards that she was vocal out and outspoken about it. She but didn't. It, but it, but guess what? It takes us time to get there. But here's the thing: we were taking Rihanna's side before and after she got vocal about that shit, right? It's because America knows this always demands fault when it comes to. Well, I'm not going to say it like that. No, but, you can't say always. But America will say that. While the woman is to blame for the detriment of the house being the home being broken, it's more likely that we already subconsciously know that the men who we are not blaming for the end of the relationship are probably the ones who did all that shit doing it. We already knew. How many celebrity relationships have we known about where the man is always cheating, but we always say, well, she, she should have stayed with him anyway. He'd been cheating. We get so long, we get so lost in the thought that we expect women to stay with the men, no matter what. And for the purpose of this, for the purpose or context of this conversation, when we are talking about men and women, we are going to be doing it in the binary terms. I do not apologize because it, it is the example that have been set in front of us throughout America's mm-hmm. history. So blame America and her bullshit. Okay. Yeah, but, we don't have we don't have that many examples of. Uh, non-binary relationships when it comes to cheating or just overall discord because Raven Simone's still with that girl. She ain't doing shit. Um, Queen Latifah, we ain't never seen her with somebody more than once. So, what we I mean, we ain't got really no... She, I mean... Look, that her personal trainer was, was a great long... She had a baby term, with? Long-term professional relationship. You know what I'm saying? You know, Ellen, Ellen, and and Anne Hayes might have been like our only solid. Uh, oh, openly... Ellen, Ellen and Portia. Yeah, Literally. no, not Portia De La Rossi. I'm talking about when she was married to uh, uh, Anne Hayes, and Anne Hayes was gay for pay. Oh, uh, I rest of that. But we don't have really <laughs> big examples of just like. We don't. LG, we really love. So, and, and the ones that, and even if we do get some, it's never really like a good whole spectrum and quote unquote mm-hmm. what America calls wholesome, right? Because mm-hmm. here's, here's how we, here's how America equates this. They see 
the bottom at the woman and the man is the top. They, but they don't understand. The world does not understand versatility yet. Okay. Listen, let me tell you something, baby. You can bottom from the top, and I gotta tell people that all the time. So but, if you want to be on the bottom, go ahead. But you gotta learn how to bottom. From the top. <laughs> but like, I mean, top from the bottom. America, sorry, top from the bottom. America does not understand the concept of versatility yet, right? So they're mm-hmm. not even. So you know, they're not trying to understand the concept of non-binary. Mm-hmm. No, um, but so because of that, we have to look at the concept of. Well, America expects its women to clean, cook, help, wipe his ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? While also going to work and raising the kids and having a good relationship with his mother. Mm-hmm. Because his mama matters more to him than your mama ever will. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And... And they expect women to do all of that without a single fucking complaint. That right there, and the women and women expecting other women to do the same thing, or men expecting women to be like that, gay men expecting women to be like that, trans men mm-hmm. expecting women to be like that. That right there, it picked me in. If you. So, I'm gonna be very honest in what I'm about to say, and this may come to a shocker for most people, but. There are times where I do have pick me energy. Oh, I definitely believe that. You're a hotel. But it's not, I am not a hotel guy. <laughs> Listen, I denounced that that characteristic. I am not a hotel. But let me be very Your let me be very and clear. My is hotel step until I, I am not a hotel. Let me explain what I mean by there's been times when I've had pick me energy. I am very traditional and I was raised very traditional. I was raised southern traditional. So when I was growing up, like I've always seen my mom fix my dad's place. I've always seen the women in my family fix their husband's place. As a big adult, I like if my little brother's at my house, I'm like, yo, you want me to fix your plate? Like I'll fix his plate. I'm very traditional in that sense. So in my mind, if I was to become a wife, which is not uh, an ultimate desire of mine. Being married is not a desire. It, 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 it's not. But if I was to become a wife or to cohabitate with a man in any type of way, any sort of fashion, it would be not far fetched for me to be like, oh, I got to make dinner. I got to, like, I, I work today and he worked today. I got to make sure I cook dinner. But it's also not far fetched for me to be like, yo, you got dinner? Like, you going right. to figure this shit out? I don't see that as pick me energy when you're like, okay, we both. We're both home. Like, yeah, um, one of us is going to cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, not for nothing, I, whenever my friends are over, whenever I have family members over and I'm like, you know, in the kitchen, of course I'm going to make them a plate. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, my nigga, you want to eat? Like, first of all, if you in my house and I let you leave without having fed you, that means we we going to get food when we leave my right. house. There's right. There's no way, there's no way that you're going to be near me for more than an hour and we're not eating. Hell, sometimes right. more than 30 minutes, depending on my mood. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes that hour is like, look, bitch, I told you I got a time frame. That's caring. And that should be how people are. Like, people should be caring, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all want to say you are, but we know you ain't. But, <laughs> bitch, bitch. But there's the other aspect of it is like, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm going to make my bae some food. 
Mm. Another thing to say, well, I'm the only one cooking in this house. Right. Okay. And it's another thing to say, they expect you to cook. Right. But also, another thing is to like, because we, we can get into what pick me energy is, but I just want to be very clear. Like, there are some relationships who specific, specifically say, hey, listen, do you want to do these roles? If my role is to go out and work, then can your role be to take care of the house? And if that's the agreement that you have with your partner, by all means, we respect it. Actually, it is hold on. Is. Before we get any further into this conversation, right? Before we get any further into this conversation, because I don't want confusion and conflation really happening, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this right now. Choosing to be a homemaker mm-hmm. and choosing to have a career, it is neither... Neither of them are, neither one is less than the other, and they're not equal mm-hmm. to each other at the same time. Because, right. like, let's be fucking honest. There's two different experiences, there's two different mindsets, mm-hmm. right? And the different expectations you're going to get. Now, the difference between choosing to be a homemaker and being expected to be a homemaker mm-hmm. are two major differences. Right. And being a homemaker is not some la di da thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So reality is like if you really if you see yourself, you know, and let's put and let's put it in the mindset of like if I was born a woman, right? If I was mm-hmm. born a girl and I was raised to do the whole to believe in marriage and in a way that you're taught as a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up, I would say, yeah, if I could choose between working a corporate job or being at home, you know, raising a family. Being married to this beautiful man, I would have to, uh, it would be a conversation and it mm-hmm. would be a conversation that would be had over an extended period of time. Right. It wouldn't be, oh, once that ring is on your finger, you are home. Right. I'm not going to be barefoot and pregnant just to be barefoot and pregnant. Just like if I meet some magical, beautiful, let's say, let's say in a world where I am 100% great. Let's pretend we are in that world. 100% straight and not just for things. Uh, and not just for pay. Um, <laughs> and this is on Earth 369, okay? Mm-hmm. Why is that number? We'll have a conversation about that later. But this is on Earth 369, okay? I am a, I am a cishet man. I mm-hmm. meet the baddest bitch on the block. Hell, she the baddest bitch in a 20-block radius, and that's the whole neighborhood in New York. Mm-hmm. We get married. We have three and four, okay? We have three and four. Three and four, if you know what that is, if you're an old school person, if you're old school, that means three kids in four years, okay? We have three and four, boom, we're good, we're done. That would be a conversation I would expect her to want to have with me before we even sign up for that shit. Right. You know? But then again, if I was born cishet, I probably would hate women. You think so? I know so. I look at my brother. Mm. I mean, but that situation is different. We come from the same people. Yeah, but his his relationship, his proximity to women is different because of what he's been through. I don't think that your proximity and what you've been through, I think if you were straight, like your experience as a person growing up would still be somewhat the same. I have one cousin, right? I like to... Mm-hmm. I, I, I call him my, he's my grandmother's dream. He's my, he's, we know he's the favorite. Mm-hmm. In the idealistic world, right? Idealistically, he's her favorite. I was the real favorite. 
But I'm letting you bitches know now. It is on rec- on record. I was the favorite of all of you. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he did everything. He's a cishet man. He got a kid. He got he got three kids, and then he's also got uh he's also got a wife. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But his view of respecting women is different than my view of respecting women because he's a cishet man. You know, mm-hmm. like. I hate to say it, but like I've seen the way and heard the thing that men, even men who respect, who say they respect women, I've heard what they said. Mm-hmm. Because it is easier for me to blend in and be a part of their, be in the room that they're having deep conversation than, than it is for you. My family is big. We all know this. Um, I don't have that many men in my family, but I've been privy to a lot of the male conversations in my family. And I remember I had this older cousin. And when I say older, I'm 35. This man is like 74 at this point. Um, And I never forget when I was a teenager, I was like 16. And I was sitting in the kitchen in a conversation. And he was like, the biggest lies men ever tell is they got money. Let me put the tip in. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? And I remember he said to me, you when you start dating, you don't date a man like me because I ain't shit. You don't date no man like me. And like I think those are the conversations that ain't shit ass straight men need to have with like the women in their family. Because if we date a you, baby, barefoot and pregnant is where we're gonna be. Like and again, anybody that wants to be barefoot and pregnant by all means. But to to go back to what we were talking about, so I, I know of a couple of people who have chosen um, stay-at-home mom as a career, mm-hmm. right? And I've had a conversation with one before, and um, she was talking about her friend, and she was saying, how, oh, you know, um, her husband, he goes to work, and he comes home, he's like, why is there no dinner? And my natural reaction was like, well, if she's home, why is there no dinner? Like, she was home. And she's like, oh, well, being a stay-at-home mom is hard. And I'm like, aren't her kids in school? So she's like, yeah. I was like, so why? Because, like, her husband has to, like, he had to come home, he had to cook dinner, and then, like, just, like, the stuff that a typical stay-at-home mom would do, because a homemaker is her profession. That's the job she chose. He still had to do the homemaker duties. So, like, girl, if this is the job you chose, you chose this job, because you didn't want to go out into the real world and, like, get a job job. If this is what you chose, why not reverse the roles and let him stay home because he's doing it anyway? Like, if we're doing, like, equal opportunity or equal opportunity employers, why not do that? But I think, and that it it plays into pick me energy a little bit because I think, like, a lot of men are starting to do the stay-at-home dad roles instead of being the homemakers. And I think that that's, like, shitted upon. Like, why are you as a man staying at home and taking care of your kids? Now, don't get me wrong. I know a couple of guys, because again, niggas be niggas. I know a couple of men that took the stay-at-home dad role, and they did it just because they didn't want to work. And they did they pulled the same rhetoric, like, oh, like, she still got to come home and cook, and she still got to come home. And then I know a couple that actually do the stay-at-home dad thing, and they're actually real, legit stay-at-home dads. Yeah, like, they do like, the doctor's appointments, they do the housekeeping, all that. Because there's a difference between uh, marrying a hobosexual 
And you know what a homosexual is, is right now. Is, is, oh, yeah, my cousin's a homosexual. It is, it is fall. They are coming out of hibernation. Okay? They are coming out of hibernation. Girl, you better lock up and hide your apartment. Mm-hmm. Don't even let them know you got a place to sleep. You better hide your apartment. But, like, I know stay-at-home dads. And I commend them on their choosing, okay. right? I commend them on their choosing. But also, you know, these are stay-at-home dads with wives who make six-figure jobs. One thing that's going around, in, especially being used in politics, is the whole concept of what makes a family the American dream. Because the old-school American dream was the woman is at home, the man is working, they have a beautiful three-bedroom ranch-style house somewhere in middle mm-hmm. America, living that middle America mm-hmm. life right? Mm-hmm. We can't afford that. Nobody can. Right. Okay, unless you are making six figures. And then you still okay. know you got you can't live in certain parts of America, okay? Because yeah. you still might not even be... Especially now in New York. Right. Like, there's that. But there's also the difference is a lot of times we do see the way that because a man is choosing to do this, we look at it like it's soft, like mm-hmm. because oh, that's a woman's job. But that's because that's the society we were raised in. We were raised mm-hmm. to believe that that's a woman's job. We weren't raised right. to see it as you know that's something anyone can do. And you know, it's fucked up. There are a lot of cultures. There are a lot of cultures mm-hmm. that believe that the men would stay at home with the children, while the women, after they gave birth, went back out and started doing all the the work. And the main thing about Pick Me Energy, though, within that is the women who fucking, I hate y'all. I hate y'all for this. I really do. I've seen this argument on fucking Facebook, fucking Instagram, fucking Twitter, fucking everything. I wouldn't be surprised if it made way to true fucking social. The, I am dead. If this bitch, these, ooh, all you bitches, all you bitches saying, well, the woman's supposed to feed the man first before he fe- before she feeds the kids, the the dog, herself, mm-hmm. her daddy, her mama, her great-great-granny. The man is supposed to eat before all them niggas. That man's supposed to eat so let before me, Jesus. Let me just say this. Again, I grew up in a very traditional household. And I like I've heard stories of like when I was younger, my grandmother used to say, you know, sometimes, you know, because of situations, they didn't have enough food. So she would feed my grandfather and the kids and she would eat whatever's left. That's when you ain't got enough food, baby. If you gotta feed that man a big piece of chicken first, and then everybody gets after, that means you don't have enough food. That means if he's the breadwinner, he's the one that's telling you to stay home to be the homemaker, that means his ass need to get a new job. Because in order to be a breadwinner, you actually have to fucking have bread. Like, if you, in this day and age, if you want your girl to stay home and raise kids, or you don't want have to worry, like, you don't want her to worry about bills, you have to make her comfortable where she doesn't have to fucking worry about bills. She shouldn't have to fix your plate and then worry about who's going to eat after you if you're taking care of the house the way you're supposed to take care of the house. Like, I like, is it that far fetched to believe that, like, in order to be the breadwinner and the head of the household, that you actually have to know what this shit entails? It just doesn't mean because you have a penis, you are now the head. There's a Bible verse, and I'm pretty sure Marlena has heard of this because people try to use it 
to indoctrinate submissiveness in women. But it says that the man is the head of the household. But the verse actually says the man that follows God is the head of the household. So in other words, if you're doing right, the right thing, you are the head of the household. The right thing is providing for your family, making sure your kids are straight, making sure your wife wants for nothing, making sure that um, bills are paid, all that shit. Half of y'all don't even make sure the bills are paid. Mm-hmm. I remember, okay, so let me let me tell you something about these fucking bills. I, every household I've seen where the man and the woman both work, right? Mm-hmm. The woman is still running the house. Okay? Mm-hmm. Every, and by running the house, I don't just mean cooking, cleaning, wiping his ass. Mm-hmm. I, I will keep saying that again because these niggas don't be, really be expecting that sometimes. Mm-hmm. they really do but the one thing I've noticed that these women will do is they are still the ones making sure the bills are paid making sure mm-hmm. the lights stay on mm-hmm. and the ones where the men are doing that shit is always the ones the ones I've seen in real life in person just in my own experiences I'm not saying anything are the ones mm-hmm. who got handcuffed and put in the back of a squad car I agree I, I honestly could agree with that um, in my experience um we've had this conversation before as far as um the situations that i've seen where the men are the head of the household you have some people that um do it the traditional right way where their family wants for nothing and bills are always paid and they make it happen because i know somebody in my life that does that now um is it always effective yeah, sort of, kind of, not really, but at the same time, they are the head of their household and their wife is the neck. And you can't do shit without your neck. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? But then I've also saw the flip side in the sense of I know people that have had girlfriends and their girlfriends didn't work. And they were like, oh, you know, my girl don't work. So I pay all the bills. And it's like, baby, but your rent is four months behind. Baby. Yeah, both about to be homeless. So what exactly and, are you doing? And here's, the thing. and here's the thing. I've seen the whole pick me mm-hmm. essence of again, it's sticking with your man no matter what, right? And that's a lot of what is what is in it. You know, part of that is sticking with your man no matter what. And other parts is I am expected to be a certain way in order to keep a man or even get a man, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember this one girl. She was very interesting, right? right? I, she was very interesting. And her man cheated on her a thousand times. She bailed him out of jail like twice. Okay? Ain't that much love in the world, baby. And she was, it was like either his birthday or his mama's birthday, something like that. One of them. And she said, oh, my God, I have to go get whacked and everything for the party. And I'm like, why are you getting all that? Because we're going to because I need to look good for the party. I need to make sure I look good for him. I'm like, girl, for him? For him. You want to look good for him? You don't want to look good for yourself? That's the first thing that came out of your mouth? Is it wrong to say that I understand wanting to look good for your man at certain times, right? Right. You know, when you're trying to when you're trying to entice him or you want to impress him with something new or blah blah blah. But is it a mm-hmm. thing 
that like you want to look good for him all the time? Yeah. So here's my thing. Um, I'm not in a relationship right now, but when I was in a relationship in the newness of my relationship, I wanted to look good 24-7. Like I wanted to be well done, well put together 24-7 because I feel like aesthetics is important. And I think that we with our eyes before we eat with our mouth. Like, you know what I mean? So like that was my energy behind like wanting to look good per se for my man. But at the same time, it was also my own um my own self-image thing. Cause I always felt like if I was well put together, then they would go well. I still feel that way. So I get her saying, oh, she wants to look good for her man. But at the same time, it's like you want to look good for your man, but in the same token, you need to look, like you said, you need to look good for yourself. But maybe for her, it was more important because sometimes in relationships, aesthetics is all we have to offer. So if aesthetics was all she had to offer, then of course, because, you know, like, I, I think for a lot of people, a lot of people's uh, reasoning for wanting to be in a relationship is the aesthetic portion. We look good together. He and I look good together. And that's important for people to think that we look good together, as opposed to I want to be in a relationship with this person because this person compliments me in a way that doesn't need to be said, right? So if if I'm more focused on the visual aspect of us looking good together, as opposed to how we compliment each other, me being on my P's and Q's and being in six inch heels and having my makeup done and having my like face beat, body snatch, that's going to be important to me. And I think that's something that we need to, we need to talk about too, because that's a part of, um, I don't want to say it's a part of pick me energy. And I don't want to say it's a part of attraction because it kind of is, but I don't want to give it that label. But that's the conversation that we need to have about attraction. Sometimes you're in relationships because you look good together. And sometimes you're in relationships because you compliment each other in a way that doesn't need to be said. And once we get past that idea that everybody in a relationship is in a relationship because they look good together, we'll like really look at attraction as a whole. Because some people be looking ugly as fuck together. And they know it. And it's okay. But no, like, that, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Me and my ex, we looked like two really good looking hermits. We did not look attractive at all. I am tired. <laughs> but we were, but we were both kind of cute, so we looked good together. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we would be just. But like, the thing was, we don't. I didn't. We didn't give a fuck. But it's also yeah. Like, but it's also that matter of like. I think neither one of us went into it with pick me energy, right? Yeah. It, it neither like whenever I got dressed, it was for making sure for me. You know what I mean? You know how I am. Right. I, love, I love a good vest. I'm gonna make sure this vest complements this shirt with this pair of pants, with this, you know, like it's a whole pattern. It's a whole schedule. Okay. You're gonna react to but- different parts of this outfit at different times. I don't need that for him. And it's also that thing of if if you because I feel like one thing that it that is deep within it is identity, right? Um, a lot of the time when I see discussions of it, there's a lot of loss of identity 
that brought up. You so know? I want to, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I want to be very clear about something that I said earlier. I'm not saying, like, I'll use myself as an example. I used to be the girl that wore six-inch heels to the supermarket. That was my life. That was my shit. That's what I did. So when I entered into a Wait, hold on. You, tell me, you mean to tell me you went into the to the Western Beef with five-inch heels? Oh, not Western Beef, but Pathmark, yes. Okay. Baby, I don't do that in Western Beach. They forced to slippery. But that used to be my life. Like, honest to God, like, I remember one time my brother literally said to me and my sister, please don't dress up. Please wear jeans and sneakers. Like, we were those girls. And it was like, once I got into a relationship, it was nothing for that to transfer over to my relationship. So when we would go out, I would be dressed up. But then I had to realize within myself a part of the reason why I was so adamant about dressing up so much is because I felt like I would like I felt like if I looked the part I'd be the part Oof. I'd play the part rather Oof. as far as if I looked well put together then mentally emotionally I would be well put together oh, so God. now the fact that I wear sweatsuit is kind of funny because I used to be anti-sweatsuit so like that that's another thing I want to be very clear about like if you were the girl that did those things already do it but if you are the girl or the guy or the, the the other that is doing it for the sake of your relationship that is not the energy you need to have looking great for your partner is nothing wrong with that but if that wasn't the person you were before you're trying to become something you're not Okay. And when you become something not, you attach it to that relationship. And once that relationship is over, you're done. Like you, baby, three months in the bed, you ain't going nowhere. Like, stop it. You just triggered something. And I'm going to play a game. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I'm going to you to play my game. I am not, but let's go. You know how sometimes we like to play the game of hotep or no tap? Oh, God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're going to play Pick Misha or No Keisha. Oh, no. Pick Misha or No Keisha? All right, let's do it. Actually, yeah, because Keisha is a No Keisha. Okay, yeah. <laughs> She's going to hate me. <laughs> no, no, no. I got it. I got is it. Is this the, like, Pick me or miss me. Asian version of the Nokia phone? Like, Hold on, wait. What did, you say? what did you say? Stephanie? I am sad. <laughs> Pick me or miss me. And what did you say, Marlena? I was asking if this was the black Asian version of a Nokia phone. I hate Nokia. <laughs> okay. We're going to play Pick Mika. Yeah, Pick, pick Mika or Nokia. Pick Mika or Nokia. Okay. Okay. Our first example Fran Fine. Who the fuck is that? The nanny. Oh. Um. I think she was just trying to live the American dream. Think about it. I, well, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think she was a pick me. She's a no keeper. I'm gonna give you one particular memory that is gonna unlock in your brain. Remember right. when? Remember when she 
came down the stairs in the middle of the night to open the front door, and her mother said, is this how you sleep? Where are your earrings? And Fran showed her earrings to her mother in the middle of the night because she had just woken up. Oh, wait. Was this, was this when she was with Mr. Sheffield? No. Or was it? Because you can't uh, see that's the thing because Fran Fine's whole aesthetic was glamour from day one. Was it she glamour? never was uh, out yes, of glamour. glamour. Yes, she was always glamorous. You can be glamorous without being the pick me. But right. the whole thing, think about this. How often, how much of her storyline is about her getting a man? But her whole storyline was also about her being a uh, um, Jewish American princess living in Queens who, let's be honest, when it comes to Jewish women, a whole huge part of their identity is getting married, like, by a certain time. So that's not, I don't think that that would be considered pygmy unless you were to make it a cultural uh, thing. Because that's a huge part of, of who they are. Like, my sister's one of her best friends. A huge part of her identity was the fact that she was 26 and she wasn't married as a Jewish woman. Okay, and, so like, is, it was like the clock is ticking. Is Could we are looking at an identity and a culture. We are looking at a culture. Right. So, okay. that's why I said I don't, I don't think friend Prime was pick me energy. Who I will say is pick me energy is Nikki Parker. Oh, Nikki Parker was the... 1,000%. One... One thousand percent. <laughs> There's no questions. She like, she literally did every like. If Professor Ogilvy, this is why I hate the way that show ended. But this is not. This is already canceled with friend and not electric chatter. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook. But I don't agree with the way that the show ended because wrong. why? Uh, also, pick me energy, Myra from. Um, Family matters. Huge pick me energy. Yes. Um, yes. Bless her heart. Uh, Buffy. Who else? Buffy was a pick me for a good bit. Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know it's true. Mm-hmm. Buffy was mm-hmm. a, a pick me for a good minute. I wasn't. I wasn't really big on Buffy, but I can see that. You know who else? I'm gonna throw this in there. A, a, a fine example of a man. Ross Geller. Mm-hmm. If you've yes. seen Frank, Wait. Yeah. I can say that. Ross Geller. Who? Uh, who else? I was... I feel like George Costanza a little bit. Okay. <laughs> because he did anything he could to get the girl. Like, he would lie. He would manipulate. <laughs> Lucas Scott. Okay. Listen. Lucas Scott. Lucas Scott. Lucas Scott. Lucas Scott. Actually... Let's be honest. Hold on. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Marlena, Marlena unlocked it. Marlena did it. This Marlena, this is your fault. I don't know who Lucas Scott is. Okay. Hold on. Our first pick me was originally was originally who? Was Haley Jane Scott. Mm, I would say Sophia before I would say Haley. Ooh. Book. Yeah. There we go. You're not wrong. That show taught us how to be picking. <laughs> but it also taught us growth. 
Yes. Seppa is currently using Google to be like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? I've never watched Yeah, I'm so confused. <laughs> I need to prioritize watching that show so that you can be in the know. Um, but. It's, listen, I, it's probably a good show, but um, I gave enough attention to Seventh Heaven. I don't think I could do One Tree Hill. I, okay, let me tell you something. I do not remember anything I learned from Seventh Heaven. It is all a fever dream to me. <laughs> it was all a fever dream to me. I don't remember anything from Seventh Heaven. I don't remember anything. For, I will say this. I think Phoebe Hallowell was the pick me. Yeah, I guess I could. When it came to Cole, yes. Yeah. When it came to Cole, she was definitely a pick me. Yes. Now, actually, speaking of Charmed, that's a fine example of the man staying at home while the woman worked. Leo? Leo. He stayed at home for a minute, raising a kid. You know what I mean? He was he was a he was a very interesting stay at home dad. <laughs> oh. Poor Piper. Poor, poor Piper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Phoebe and Cole. Talk about toxic. Okay, Cole was the most toxic man I've ever seen. I, I don't know how in the world. I, I had a crush on Cole for a minute, though, but that's because I was in a problematic point in my life. <laughs> but you know what? This whole thing right here, this actually this little mini... Pick Mia and Nokisha. No, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll workshop that. Name. I will workshop that name. But this, but this little game made me think of the other thing that I wanted to talk to y'all about: the potatoes of today. Okay. So, remember how we were like all growing up? We would always hear these stories of like the romantic story that. Also led a lot of us to watching, you know, really bad rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched so much Hallmark in my life. So much Hallmark. I can tell you so much. Anyway, but it made me think of the bad romances that we were taught, of, like we were taught about growing up and that we were taught to idolize growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, or, and maybe not even idolize sometimes, but like we would kind of refer to them in describing love. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite example, Romeo and Juliet. So, I think Romeo and Juliet was low-key supposed to be like a cautionary tale. Was it? But it didn't work out. I don't think it works out that way, though, because, like, you know, people love to romanticize, like, That's trauma. You're not wrong. So, I don't know. It's It's different. Yet here we are. But um, I think a lot of a lot of the things that we watched growing up were inherently bad romances. Um, for example, there's a movie called it's not called Casino. Hold on, now I gotta look up this damn movie. There's a movie with Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin. And in the movie they have like this toxic back and forth relationship where they get married like 45 times and they get divorced like 45 times. 
And like, I remember watching that movie when I was young and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, love always comes back to itself. And it's like, no girl, this is tragic. This is toxic. This is tragic. And the reality of it is nobody should love that way. Like, look, no. I, I don't understand. Look, I I really wish that my childhood self would have never fell in love with this idea. Sid and Nancy. What's that? Sid Vicious. Oh, Sid Vicious. You mean Sid Vicious from wrestling? From what? From wrestling? No. Okay, I'm sorry. The Sex Pistols. Oh, yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You, oh, you know what? No, what? No, 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 no. We grew up differently. We grew up differently. We did. I just want to say, remember, I'm we a good Christian up girl. Differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But Sid and, Sid and Nancy had a relationship that was involved so much drugs and so much self-harm. Mm-hmm. That, and, you know, death. But, like, it was... And you know how every iteration of, of, of time, there's uh, examples or great tragic love stories of, 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 right. of the time, right? So right. Sid and Nancy would like, you know, in, our, in my mom's lifetime, you know what I'm saying? And then like before that was Bonnie and Clyde. Y'all idolizing Bonnie and Clyde scares me. Like... That's just like people idolizing Marilyn Monroe and not knowing all of what she's been through. So, you know, I really I, again, I actually, I speaking of Marilyn Monroe, we are currently living in a time where there have been multiple movies, documentaries, podcast episodes. Somebody, listen, you have the resources to learn about Marilyn Monroe because that is mm-hmm. a story of trauma, tragedy, uh, mental illness, lost love, a lot. You can educate yourself. Right. Keep going. But but the thing is, we live in a world where glamour glamorized trauma is profitable. So why should I actually tell these people? Like I think the one that's on Netflix right now, people are like, oh my God, it's so dark. And it's like, girl, her life was dark. What are you talking about? You thought she was just Oh, I forgot. I got my headphones up. Did you thought she was just sucking dick because it was a Tuesday? No, she was using it as a means to live. Nobody wants to fuck Kennedy. Kennedy wife didn't even want to fuck Kennedy. You think she was fucking Kennedy because she wanted to? Absolutely not. I don't like, know. Kennedy, Kennedy wasn't exactly ugly. He um, wasn't exactly cute either. I'm just going to say this. Would I have thrown my panties at Kennedy? Maybe. Maybe. Depends on the day and the mood. And how much swag he got that day. You know? Not me looking up a picture of this man knowing what he <laughs> looks like already. This man is not the cutest. <laughs> not the cutest. But like, no, that was not a great relationship. That was really not. That was really not. That was really not. Like, okay, I did want to talk about one relationship though. Mm-hmm. That I feel like as children, I was a child when I saw it. And How I did you mean, find this man attractive? Lord okay. Jesus. Look, look, okay, you know what? Before we, okay, let me get into it. Like, I know I'm sitting at a very unattractive angle, but this nigga is unattractive from all angles. Like, John Kennedy was cute. So, he was, he was cute in the context of the all American quote unquote. Oh my god! Look, he looked. He was a spicy white. 
Can I just say this? He was he was Irish. He's a spicy white. Listen, you could take this out, but if you don't, I one hundred percent understand. When I said to who in my head, I said a bullet, but (laughs) (laughs) I know now that that was the wrong thing to say. If hell hell exists, this hell exists. If hell exists, you already know. If hell exists, you already know. I'm sorry. I apologize. Hell exists. You have been woven a hand basket and you are all. But no, because if you notice, I already felt guilty because I like covered my mouth and was like, oh my God. Like, oh, intrusive thoughts, intrusive thoughts, intrusive thoughts. <laughs> Guys, I just had I just had chocolate. So like listen, I'm not saying anything, but John Kennedy, you know. Thank you. The, the, we all he was he was a different. You know, he was a spicy white. He was Irish, you know? You know what I'm saying? He had a little bit of flavor. Okay, so I want to say something. I'm going to say something triggering to some people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do y'all remember that movie, Clueless? Okay. Oh, the relationship she had with her um, brother, kind of, sort of? Her ex-stepbrother. So let me just say this. (laughs) This goes back to the conversation we had in the beginning of the the conversation. We were talking about affluence. Because I feel like in in wealthier folks, this is not far-fetched or, you know, crazy. Because let's let's all remember, Miley Cyrus was dating a 27-year-old man that used to watch her have sex with her best friend in the back of the limo. So you can do a lot when you got money, honey. That's another conversation for another day. This man is ugly. Like, I don't understand. But, like, how... But how... If we look at like if we look at clueless, and you're not wrong, but if we look at clueless and we look at the world of the the Beverly Hills area, right? Mm-hmm. She lived in the nine hundred two one zero, right? So she like there are thousands of people out there. Mm-hmm. Why are you choosing someone who used to be your brother? Why not? She's a woman. She's a woman that's in a position of power. She has a, she has an extensive amount of money. Why not date someone who would technically be? It would technically be absurd to date and cause a little controversy. Make it a little spicy. We already have money. We already can do what we want to do. Why not make it a little bit more spicier by saying, "Oh my gosh, she's dating her brother." Like I want to be Cher Richards too, and I want to date my brother too. Like no. If we think about the if we think about the theme song of the show, mm-hmm. they do say the line in her world. So yeah. you're not. Because they say, you know, she they, they they mention that she's an ordinary girl in her world. You're not wrong. Right. So she lives in a world of affluence. How can I make how can I stand out if I live in this big world of affluence? My best friend has money. Her boyfriend has money. Everybody I know has money. What would set me apart? That closet, nobody's coming to your house, Cher. Nobody gives a fuck about that closet. You know what we do care about? Controversy. You know what brings controversy? Cher's fucking her brother. Like, it's not going to be Cher's fucking her stepbrother. They don't have the same, like, they don't have the same mom and dad. It's not going to be any of that. It's just going to be Cher's fucking her brother. But all we know, 
her dad and his uh, mom could have dated for like two weeks, been married for two months, and then called it quits. But at the end of the day, she was fucking her brother. And this is interesting. Well, this well, Game of Thrones really has been not my bad. House of Dragon has mm-hmm. niggas in a headlock right now. So you're not wrong. Incest self. I've never watched uh, Game of Thrones or House of Dragon. You don't have to. You don't have to. Oh, I, will. I'm going to be very mm-hmm. honest. I'm going to be very, 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 very honest. Number one, mm-hmm. if you can't handle niggas dying, dying in front of your eyes, you don't need to watch mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Okay? If you uh-huh. can't handle seeing a little boy being pushed out of a window, you don't need to be watching Game of Thrones. If you Listen. can't handle seeing a brother fucking his sister, you don't need to see Game of Thrones. You know, as much as I do love the fucking, I don't <coughs> really like to see people having sex in TV shows because I feel like I feel like it's like weird. Like I remember when I watched uh, P Valley. Shout out to P Valley for making me like regurgitate my whole life but like I remember the, the sex scene in P-Valley like, everybody was talking about the sex scene with like Little Murder and Clifford and like that didn't bother me it was the Mercedes sex scene that made me be like I shouldn't be watching this like what is happening because it looked they did a good job at selling it but I'm just like I feel like this is the intimate moment between two people that I should not be watching. And that's how I feel about sex scenes in, in shows. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I respect feel like, that. I really, I honestly respect you for that. Like, because yeah, there's like, a difference between we shouldn't be seeing it at all to yeah. it's, a, it's a thing between two people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like when Uncle Or Clifford, three or ten. Did you, did you remember, did you see Hero Gathering? No. Okay. Marlena, did you see Hero Gasm? Hero Gasm? Yes, you know, from The Boys. Oh, I didn't even watch The Boys yet. I gotta yeah. watch it. Um, I, haven't, I haven't finished watching The, bo- the, bo- the, the Boys. Okay, if it, look, first of all, see, Marlena, I believe, can handle a lot of gory shit. You, I know you can't handle The Boys is so fucking gory as fuck. I can't handle it. Gore is my middle name. I could literally see somebody cut somebody's body in half, but if you pop up to okay. the baby, I'm leaving. Because let me tell you, there's some there's there's uh there's some cocaine. Uh, Love it. There's a penis and okay. um <laughs> there's a lot people running through people. There's some blood. I can deal with that. Um uh let me tell you, there is a there, okay, the the opening. For, ooh, for that season. Ooh. And then Hero Gas. I'm like, the thing is, like, yes, there's some sex that you don't want to see on TV. Some sex we mm-hmm. certainly should not. I'm just saying we should not see something thing. But like there's also the thing that if you don't want to see it, don't look at it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and, and that makes sense. You you just, you know, have you but did you also grow up as one of the kids who had a well? I don't know about kids, but like, but there a point in your life where you had you would be watching Real Sex on HBO and then switch back over to Nickelodeon just in case. So no, I um my living environment was a little bit different, so I didn't start watching Real Sex until I was in my big age of an adult, like adulthood. Okay. So like there was no way that I can like switch back. Like I would just watch Rose Sex and be like, this shit crazy. But um I also watched Rose Sex from the standpoint of like learning as opposed to like I know some people watch Rose Sex for 
like the porn not so much the porn but like just mm-hmm. the sexual uh visuals the way i watch real sex it was like oh i'm actually learning something like i learned what gay for pay was from real sex right. i learned about wow um, wow right i learned about different sorts of fetishes from real sex oh i learned about you know you know what you know what mm-hmm. actually maybe one day i'll do an episode about this so being that you said that, did you ever watch uh, an indie? Did you ever watch indie sex? No. It was a, I think it's a three or four part docu series about um, the depiction of sex and romance in the world of film and television throughout mm-hmm. history and throughout like its inception up until roughly you know the, the timing of the film, the filming, and I want to say it was around two thousand. Anywhere between 2010 and 2015, it's all a blur to me. I don't know. What is my life? I'm your president. It was though during Obama's term that I watched it. That's the best I can okay. tell you. That's the best I can tell you. But um but no, it, I didn't watch that. It had like and I know she's problematic, but it had like Dita Dita Von Teese in it. You know what I mean? Okay. Um but it discussed the depiction of sex and television and film and it just and it explained that you know the way that the Hayes Code came along and how you know back in the day you couldn't depict sex on TV at all. Like the way we do it now is way different than they used to do it. Think about it. Right, right. Like you know, it's to the point where, like, looking at a show like like something that's on the CW, the CW continuously pushes what's okay for network television to just to depict on TV. Right. Um, and if I'm going to be perfectly honest, not to push you off, I remember the, the very first time, and it's me, not even dating myself, but I remember um, for years, like whenever we saw sex on television, it was alluded to like you see the blanket moving around and then you'll see them come from underneath the bread blanket all out of breath and i never forget when being mary jane came out and for me it was um it was shocking because like you know bet gave us the classics like bet uncut but we've never seen bet uncut activities on primetime television yeah and that first scene in being mary jane she is getting dogged out in the foyer of her apartment, and we saw that man's ass, and I was like, "And that was oh. a big deal." And that was a big deal for cable, right? And I was like, "Oh wow, this is what we're doing." And like me, I, at the time, I was a whole uh, an entire adult of big age, like my late twenties, and I was just like, "Oh, this is what we're doing." And I immediately said to myself, "Like, okay, television, BT is trying to take a new direction, but as far as it being, you know." Like the CW, they they don't simulate sex at all anymore. I mean, when I used to watch Riverdale, they were giving you sex. They were giving you as much as they could give you with it being, uh, you know, a show about a bunch of teenagers and, mm-hmm. and, and fucking Riverdale, uh, Vancouver, or wherever they're from. But like, it was just interesting because like, y'all, we just seen a penis. Like, it was some show I was watching. And, like, he turned and you saw the shadow of his penis. And it was so funny because it was, like, all the rave on the internet. Like, you saw a glimpse of the penis. <laughs> well, and no, and, and it, that's the thing. 
you know what's funny? I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, mm-hmm. So, America, the United States is so funny. The United States, and, I, and I, mm-hmm. when I say America, sometimes I mean the United States, sometimes I mean North America. But I, so in Australian TV, there used to, I don't know if it's still a thing anymore, technically, mm-hmm. but back in the day, there used to be this guy that had a job. There used to be a job that someone would have to be watching films before they go to production, before anything goes to like the movies, the movie theaters, or even on TV, right? They could show mm-hmm. dick. They could show dick. You cannot show a vagina. No, no, no. Here's what they're saying. They could show a dick, but they couldn't show it fully erect. Okay. I think that's still a thing. So, so there used to be a guy. <laughs> I used to hear rumors about this guy. I used to hear like, all these jokes about him. Anyway, but there used to be a job where a man would, or a woman or a person would have to watch films before mm-hmm. TV shows and make sure that dicks were at a certain level of erection or below before it could That's go funny. to post-production. That's pretty funny. So, like, that would be a job that people would have. And the difference between... But the reason it was funny to me is because Australia has had that long before America ever did. Mm-hmm. They're quite sophisticated in their nudity. America is not. America is, still, America is still, uh, how do we put it? America is still holding the covers over the, the, the titties and the vagoo just in mm-hmm. case. You know what I'm saying? In front of her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. In front of her boyfriend. Y'all been together for 11 years. Marry that man and start being naked. Well, titties are a lot to like. I don't know. Even as like a person with titties, I'd be like, cover your titty because it's like I don't know. Like nipples are sacred. But you know what I do find funny? I find it very funny that whenever Rick Ross puts a picture online, they flag him if he's naked, like he's topless. They flag him and they make him cover his titties. I don't know if you saw that, but they flag him for like nudity whenever he puts a topless picture up. Who? Rick Ross. <laughs> you know what? I'll turn it to you. Mm-hmm. And on that note, my ladies. <laughs> on that note, I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna have it. We're gonna. I have a question for y'all. <laughs> Wait, we never figured out who was. Uh, the bad romance, because I think anybody that was in a relationship with Manny from the Rack, he was a bad romance. Anybody from Manny. Anybody. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what? You know what? The worst romance I ever saw in my life mm-hmm. was Ashley Kerwin and Craig Manny. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, that Oh. For hours. Okay, you know what? Before I ask y'all this question, <laughs> I'm going to give you another reason why I'm canceled, okay? Here's how today's going to okay. go. Here's how we're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up smoothly, ladies and gentlemen, because I know you are getting to the point where you're looking at the three of us like, what the fuck is wrong with these niggas? I need y'all to go get help. And reality is, all of us are in therapy or, or are I was going to say, let therapy. me tell you, we are all in therapy. And y'all should be happy for it. Because okay. if we weren't, this would be a lot worse. <laughs> this would be a whole different podcast, baby. Ciao. All right. So 
the other reason that I'm canceled today because I'm now on my yearly visit to Halloween Town. I went to I went to Halloween Town Friday night. Saturday mm-hmm. night I went to Halloween Town too. We went back to Halloween Town. We dealt with Calabar. Um well Calabar's son, Cal. He's a bit messy. Um mm-hmm. so you know, now we're we're going to Halloween Town High. So Are you, wait, you're going to Halloween Town High? Or are you going to Halloween Town High? Both. Okay. <laughs> Both. You've met me. We've you, met. We've met. We've um, met. And tomorrow I'm going to uh, I'm going to, to with you. And wait, what's that? The university. I'm going to college. Yeah. Wait, uh, are they smoking? Yeah, all the, there are four Halloween Town movies. We don't acknowledge the fourth. It is an M Night Shyamalan production to me. I don't watch a lot of oh, M Night Lord. Shyamalan production. Look at look at what he did to my boy Ang. Ang, Ang. I don't know. I'm so tripped out. He fucked me up when he did the last that band there. Anyway, but anyway, so mm-hmm. I went to Halloween Town, and the first thing I really noticed that took me out. I was watching it, and remember, if you've ever watched Halloween Town, this is not a spoiler. Because it's been over 20 years. What the fuck is wrong with you, bitches? Anyway, mm-hmm. she, her mom went to go check, like, their, the kid's mom went to go check on them in the bedroom before she mm-hmm. went to bed and then noted that they were all missing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you watch Halloween Town, you know that you have to be in or out of Halloween Town by midnight. The bus no longer goes back and forth. After midnight, you are trapped in whatever world you are in until Halloween the next year. Wait a minute, was uh Ben Savage in there? No. Frank Savage is in it. No, but I know what you're thinking of. I've never seen Halloween Town then. Okay. But anyway, so the point where the mom went and noticed that her kids were missing, mm-hmm. I said, I said, and I quote. The fact that she checked in on her kids, mom would have been gone. I would have been past, it would have been past the midnight curfew, and I would have never even known they were in Halloween Town until the next year. And that's on CPS. Deuces. So mad at And that's on diapers. <laughs> that's on no more diapers because my kid's missing. Ain't nobody coming here. And that's on. <laughs> Oh no, 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 no. Okay. Don't say it. 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 You can text it to me. You can text it to me, but don't say it. Wait, can I say it and you take it out? No, I'm not editing this. I'm I'm leaving this part in just so I can have this other quarter law just in case. <laughs> but okay. don't say it. Anyway. So while Sepra is texting me, why why another reason she should be canceled? But Marlena, why are you canceled? Why am I canceled? Let's see. I have spent so much money on natural hair products this week that I know that I will not use. <laughs> that is a real reason to be canceled because I'm super expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told y'all at the beginning I am in a dark place right now. 
and I didn't mean dark, like light. No, we ain't got no lights. My lights are on. But like, and that's on 1997. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, I'm back. Okay, I'm you, sorry. Know you know what? Estepa has now been canceled. She doesn't have to answer that question. She just gave it to us. She gave us her answer. And no, ladies and gentlemen, I will not be sharing with you on this podcast. Not on this, not on this day. Not on Beyonce's day of October what? Beyonce's day of October 9th, 20 of 22. Oh, no. <clears throat> Listen, Alina, I will cancel you if you don't use those products. Because... I know you said you bundled them, but I think that the leave-in is like $32. I spent over $100 on that bundle. You spent what? (laughs) (laughs) And then, because it's not here yet, I went to Target and I bought travel sizes of it so that I could at least wash my hair this weekend with it. No, you don't do that. (sighs) Child. You okay? All right. Okay. What? Well, okay. All right. We will. That's fine. I will leave you two to have a whole um come to Jesus moment later. Okay. I um I have to. I don't. Why I'm am not, I canceled? No, 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 baby. No, 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 baby. You gave us so many <laughs> reasons to cancel you today. You personally. I still think she should get to say why she thinks she is canceled. You know what? Not why we think she is canceled. Sometimes this ain't about reflection. You might want to talk to your therapist about why you didn't think that those were the reasons you were canceled. (laughs) If I tell my therapist that, she's going to be like, you know what? And she's just going to start laughing because that's what she always does when I say something way too dark. I'd be like, don't. I'd be like, listen, don't put me in the grippy socks just yet. It was just a joke. She'd be like, okay. You know, I was thinking of something the other day of like that my grandmother used to say when I was a kid and it was so damn British mm-hmm. and I could not for the life of me remember what it was but I used to be like this is why I am the way I am I heard that shit every day followed mm-hmm. by you want a cup of tea or a coffee <laughs> my Nana I'm five <laughs> first of all Grams I'm two oh, yeah. like, like not even <laughs> Like, not even five. Five would have been graceful. Mm-hmm. But why do you think you're canceled, Bia? So, it's not so much that I'm canceled. It's, um... Making it's just a funny. Hole, a, a digging a deeper this, hole? No, no, no. It's just something that's funny to me. So, uh, as you know, Evil Twin's birthday is coming up. And, um... So, I, I gotta give such a one. I got a camera. So I was trying to give her hint about this camera, that camera that so was doing like this. And she wasn't getting it because she was born in 2011 and she doesn't understand that you do this for cameras. So yesterday she was like trying to get hints out of me. And she's like, just give me a hint. So I was like, um, and this, this plays into the fact that somehow um, she has my personality. So she's like, give me a hint. And I was like, well, my Nana had it. Your Nana had it. I had one when I was younger. I think your mom had one. I know my aunties had one because I'm talking about a camera. Sis said low iron. And when I tell y'all, I was like, baby, you probably right. You probably right. Low iron is hereditary. (laughs) The gift 
that keeps on giving. And I was just like, you know what? That's it. That's the tweet. You got a little iron for your birthday. Welcome to the club. Okay. Before, <laughs> before we get out of here, speaking of birthdays, I do want to give you a happy birthday. You're the coming up too. Just again, evil twin. So evil twin. Ghetto twins out there. Y'all some ghetto ass. Yeah. Twenty five years apart. Twenty five years apart. So I want to wish you a happy. I want to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. You are mu- you are beautiful, magical, gorgeous, sexy. Well, first of all, I would like to wish the the proprietor of this podcast a wonderful birthday because they're this week, actually in less than forty eight hours. Am I correct? So I just um, want to say that more than forty eight, but not far off. I like you. <laughs> I was it. I was it more than forty eight. Oh, I'm. You know what's so funny. I'm looking at my calendar thinking today is a 10. So you thought you had today, you thought today, you thought today was Indigenous Peoples Day. I really did think that today was Indigenous Peoples Day. Like, I don't have to work. Like, and I dare, I, let me tell y'all something. I dare somebody say to me tomorrow, Happy Columbus Day. I'm like, happy for what? Happy for what? First of all, I ain't never celebrate Columbus Day. My granddaddy said that he was a murderer, a rapist, and a pillager. So, Indigenous People's Day all the way around. Anyway, wait, I'm sorry. Gang, gang. Did you just say? Did you just say Indigenous people? Indigenous. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing it. Oh, I I thought you said Indigenous, and I was like, um, Seth. <laughs> I've been never Indigenous. It's because I think I like, when I, okay, you guys know when I talk, I try not to talk fast on this podcast, but when I talk fast, sometimes it just, it just oh, all say, together. But you know what happened? You know what I will say? That one thing I really did learn, I had to learn, I had to learn to teach how to properly say Iran. I had to learn how to properly say Iran. It's not Iran. It's Iran. Who says Iran? Americans. I say Iran. Iran. America. Iran. Yeah. But we say Iran. I'm about to say we say Iraq. So I get it. Because we do say Iraq. Americans say Iran and Iraq. Yeah, and it's Iraq. Yeah, you're right. I just hate people that say Ar- Arab instead of Arab. But I notice like a lot of Arabs they just, they just say same, Arab. They're the same people who say Italian. I say Italian to be funny. I say it in my head though. Not at love. Yeah, it's just like I. It's just like the conversation we had the other day when I was like, I said good night in my head. Instead of saying knife, I said good night. Or okay, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, like, it's just for spelling purposes, you know. But, um, yeah, fuck so anyway. Spelling, fuck them spelling purposes. Anyways, I would like to, <laughs> I, I, I want to I wanna lead us out of here with a quote mm-hmm. from the artist known as I Am Not Shane. Mm-hmm. That's right. I Am Not Shane. Is what that, if I, is that the, mm-hmm. Are you are you are you is you interrupting me as I'm about to start my quote? You you scallywise. I, I apologize. I do not want to get schwally wobbed or molly wobbed. Go ahead. Squally scoop. You better you about to get yourself squally scoop in pronouncing squally squally squally. Anyway. Okay. What if I saw you on the train last night and I just uh, walked wait, on by? What if I never <laughs> let you in and now you're with somebody who did? 
all of this communication and decisiveness. Be patient. Maybe my soulmate died. End. Wait.